Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. We're going to talk to some real people about some real things, maybe get some real laughs, maybe not. Either way, we don't care. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied as always by my editor and producer, Tom Byers. Our guest today is Brandon Hill. If you want to follow us, we can be found on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. Join us on Twitter at Working P Pod. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, then email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right, let's get this shit started. Let's go. All right, shake. Yes, let sir. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you about this guy. All <laughs> right. So, okay. So I was thinking this the other day, right? Do you know who the Paul brothers are? Like uh, Logan Paul and uh, Jake Paul. They're yes. like YouTube influencers. Mm-hmm. So I like these kids, right? I like one thing about them, especially is that they, they big ups to high school wrestling, right? Which is a must. So oh. in my mind, I had thought, that it w- I would love for something like this to happen where it's like Pennsylvania has the best wrestlers ever. Everybody knows it, right? But these mm-hmm. kids are from Ohio. So they start an argument where Ohio wrestlers are better. So then it could be a feud where it's, okay, you get a team of Ohio wrestlers, we get a team of PA wrestlers, right? And then we'll sell it on pay-per-view, a nice wrestling dual meet on pay-per-view, right? Ooh. That was my idea. And it would be broken down with like a 24-7. And then it's, you know, like you do like a Magnificent Seven style roundup. Right. Wait, this is this the, is your this is your idea or their idea? Oh, uh, this is my idea, and it's a genius idea. So, okay. <laughs> one of the first people I am bringing on the squad is our guest today, Brandon Hill. Mm-hmm. I was on a wrestling team. Me and Brandon, I think me and Brandon started wrestling together when we were like eleven or twelve years old on the North Penn Panthers uh, youth wrestling team. Right. Mm -hmm. And we came up through like he went to public school. I was in Catholic school at the time. Then we met together again in public school later in high school uh, on the wrestling team. Again, Brandon was a star wrestler, but we were on a team with a bunch of star wrestlers. That being said, we had a bunch of star wrestlers. My dad had two kids on the team and he would openly say to everybody that Brandon Hill was his favorite wrestler. (laughs) And here's a story. Why? Okay, so we're. We're in our senior year, right? And as a team, we're a pretty solid team. I think we placed fourth as a team at the Beast of the East, which I've talked about on previous podcasts, which was when we were seniors, was touted as the tough, toughest tournament in the history of high school wrestling. And mm-hmm. our team placed fourth there. I had nothing to do with that. Just want to clear that out, right? But Brandon did. Brandon placed at that tournament, right? Brandon was having a good year, and he was wrestling most of the year at like 171, right? And he was wrestling okay. at 171 most of the year. He could walk. He was walking around, though. I think he was like a mid-60s guy, right? Walk because he was training all the time and wrestling. But yeah. I think he was like low 160s, mid-160s mid guy. So he could still like, like he was still eating, yeah. making weight, and not having to have a tough cut. Right. right? And that's kind of so, middle of the road for a wrestling weight, right? Because for those of us out here or, or who aren't uh, big wrestling people, it goes, what's the lowest, like what's the lightest you can be? When we were in high school, it was 103 pounds. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. And then it went up to max was 275. So Pete, I don't want to blow up Pete, but Pete actually had to cut weight (laughs) to make weight when we were there. Uh, He said the same about you, though. (laughs) I did. When 215 came in, I had to cut to make two. I had to cut to make weight. Everyone cuts to make. If you're not cutting to make weight, then you're not competitive. Then you ain't doing it right, right? Right. 
even if it's like 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 in this scenario brandon had brandon had pretty he had pretty much any like weight class he want kind of sewed up he could have gone a bunch of places yeah because he's right in the middle exactly so he so exactly so he's at 171 we have mm-hmm. another guy on our team named Zach Freiling, who would end up being a two-time PA state champion and ranked number two in the nation in high school at his weight class. He was at 160, right? So mm-hmm. Brandon knew at the end of the year for postseason, he was going to drop to 152 after wrestling 171 all year, and he's going to be stronger and better than most of the guys at 152, which he was. And so we're coming towards the end of the year. So before postseason, Brandon's like, all right, I got to start dropping to 152 from 171 weighing in where he was comfortable and could eat and stuff like that going to 152, right? So oh, okay. it's towards the end of the year and we're wrestling kind of like a lower level team that we're, we're definitely going to beat. So going into it, we knew like we could kind of do whatever we want with this team. And Brandon's like, all right, I'm going to cut to 52 in preparation for postseason, Right. So this is the first cut to 52. And I'll tell you what, I've seen some tough cuts. I remember this being a very tough cut because you have Uh to remember, we were 17, 18 years old. We're still growing, right? We're growing every day. You're fucking starving, right? We're doing two training sessions a day plus the extra shit that we did on the side. So two was just in school because we had morning practice where we'd run stairs for an hour and then we'd have afternoon practice where we'd wrestle for three hours, right? Mm-hmm. But then also Brandon was going to like youth programs and he was also doing like side training and things like that. And then also you'd have to run to keep your weight down. So it's just, it's pretty much like a 24 hour thing. Imagine doing all that and not being allowed to eat. And then two days before or three days before not being allowed to drink either, right? Yeah. That's so cut, cutting, I always said, cutting out the food you get used to when you cut out the water, that's it. That's the worst by far. That's pretty unhealthy, frankly. Uh, Yeah, especially, I mean, (laughs) especially since we were doing it willingly. (laughs) I was sucked up. Hey, you got to, you know, I feel, but later, later in life, I would see like, there's a saying wrestling's training for the rest of your life. And it's scenarios like that, that that's what it means. Right. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So Brandon makes this tough cut. He makes it. And I remember me and him were after the weigh-ins, I was like next to him in the locker room. I've never seen anyone chug a, a double Powerade faster in my <laughs> life. That thing was gone, right? I was like, wow, <laughs> impressive, <laughs> right? So he 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 cuts it, he takes it all the way back, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you weigh in. So the way wrestling would go is that you would weigh in, like you, you drive to the school, like the whole time you're driving to school, you're like, I just, like if you're on weight, you're like, I just want to get this over with. I just want to get this over with, right? If yeah. you're not on weight, you're like, motherfuck me. I hope their scale's messed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I hope their scale is like a half a what's pound the, off. What's the time frame from weigh in to when you're actually, you know, on the mat? Great question. So if you're wrestling varsity, which Brandon was, is that he would weigh in, right? And then they would do like the post weigh-ins like half an hour or so. Then you'd have, or an hour maybe, then you'd have JV. JV would wrestle. So our JV would wrestle their JV, junior varsity. And then varsity would go up. And it depends on where you were. So the way they do it is that they used to start it. They used to be 103 starts and one and 275 and heavyweight finishes. That's how it used to be. But then mm-hmm. when we were seniors, they changed the rule where it's they picked the weight out of a hat that would start, right? Mm-hmm. So I believe, honestly, I really think Brandon, I, if I remember correctly, I think Brandon was really early in the night. So he had had the, he, he was like one of like one of the first three matches. So okay. he had had the tough cut. 
you know, after you, you cut your, you refuel with, with food and stuff, but it's, that's also like another thing, your stomach went from being the size of a softball to being the size of a grape, right? You can't, if you like eat too much, you're in like, you're fucking done. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Also to be, it should be said that we were way behind on nutrition back then. <laughs> like we were cutting weight and the adults in charge of us are force feeding us tomato pie and Gatorade, right? Ooh. Like, <laughs> what a combo. Don't, get wrong. don't get it wrong. We were housing this shit and quickly <laughs> tomato pie is the best shit going. But as oh, for yes. kids who haven't eaten in two or three days, who had just cut 12 to 14 pounds, no good, right? So, and it's total carbs and like, you're like lethargic, right? But what right. the hell would you eat anyways? You know what I mean? What, mm-hmm. If you didn't eat right going in, you're, you're fucked either way. So- Either way, so we get out there. So it's probably uh, between weigh-ins and Brandon's match. We'll give it an hour and a half, and that's being generous, okay. right? So we go out there, and Brandon's wrestling this kid who isn't ranked, and uh, we kind of don't know who he is, and you know what I mean? It, it is what it is. He was like a built kid. You could tell he lifted and things like that. But Brandon, Brandon was he was he had a lot of he had a lot of positives. One, very strong, very fast, very mean. <laughs> and he was also he was also very good technique though he wasn't like a schlub like you can be you can be strong and fast and stuff but if your technique is shit it doesn't matter right like you'll you'll get it you'll you won't you can be okay but you won't be a top echelon guy right Right. so brandon goes out and wrestles this kid right first period brandon is spanking the pants off him it's nine to one at the end Mm -hmm. of the first period right so we all like we kind of all saw this coming. Brandon's like, "All right, let's go. Let's maybe get a tech or uh, you know, definitely a major, maybe a tech out of this guy, maybe more pin, something like that. Let's get to team points, right?" So Brandon's out there tooling this guy. Second period comes up, and so I forget they did neutral in the second. Neutral in the second means that. So it was a they so after the period ends, they flip a toggle that's green on one side and red on the other. Green is home, red's away, right? Mm-hmm. So if it lands on green, then that person decides how they start the second period. So the three choices for starting the second period are top, bottom, or neutral, right? Yeah. So t- top means you're on top, bottom mm-hmm. means you're on bottom, and neutral means that you're both standing up like you're starting. I was right. big on neutral. I didn't like I was always going neutral all the time. And I believe this kid went neutral, right? So Brandon had had a tough cut going into this. So that means he had lost some muscle, right? It was also like, you know, you're you're also kind of lethargic from eating and all this stuff. But also, to be fair, he, so we have talked about this shake, right? Mm-hmm. About the getting caught in a move. So right. Brandon was better than this guy. He's beating this kid nine to one, Right. But this kid gets lucky. And I'm saying it's a minute and 50. So each period's two minutes long. So I'm saying 10 seconds into the second period, this kid catches Brandon in a headlock, right? And he throws him to his back, right? And everyone's like, what the fuck? He's killing this kid nine to one. Kid catches him in a headlock, right? And it was kind of like, you know, it was just more of just like, uh, like it, it could happen to anybody, right? Yeah. So yeah, this kid catches luck. Brandon. Exactly. So this so imagine this shake, right? Imagine this. Imagine you have a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Who's your size, who's you know, who's got some muscle. He's holding your head in the crook of his arm. 
with two hands. He's laying on you while you're on your back and he's squeezing you as is his life depended on it. This is mm-hmm. all this. This is what happened. And it's all happening three feet in front of me. And I remember this kid's like looking at his mom in the stands <laughs> and and unbeknownst because this is his else, one in a million shot, right? Like this exactly. is he's getting his ass kicked and he realizes he just struck gold. Exactly. He can't blow it or he's going to be really screwed. This kid thinks he's going to be front page of the paper in the next morning, <laughs> right? That's what he's thinking on here, okay? And unbeknownst to me, right, I didn't know mm-hmm. this, but apparently, so, way, so, okay, so he's got Brandon in the headlock. He's laying right on him. He's squeezing Brandon's head. Brandon's head is bright red for two reasons. One, this kid's squeezing it like it's for his life. And two, Brandon's fucking furious, right? And then <laughs> Brandon, what he'd done is that he like he maneuvered his arm so that his arm is under his back. So to get pinned, both of your shoulder blades have to be flat touching the mat for like a certain amount of time, right? Right. So this kid or Brandon has positioned his arm and his elbow under his back so that his shoulder blades aren't touching. And everyone's yelling it in the stands like, no way, not a pin. Like, there's space in between there. Do not count. Like, everyone's yelling. And the ref mm-hmm. even recognizes it where he puts his hand on He's like, I fucking get it. Shut up. Like, I get it. <laughs> not but this kid is legit squeezing his head for his life, Shake. For his life. Imagine yeah. it. Imagine, like, even take yourself, right? Imagine you had another version of yourself. He's laying on top of you, squeezing your head as hard as he can. Right. right. And like trying to pin your shoulders to the mat. Right. Un- and for a minute and 50 seconds, try yeah, holding. And you just have to ride it out. You just, That's all you can do. You can ride oh, it out. Cause it, if Brandon were to try a defensive thing, it could put him in a position where he could get called for a pin. Cause don't get it twisted. The ref wants to be in the paper too, because if this <laughs> happens, the ref's right there on the front page, given the whole thing. So you have a lot of opinions twist. about refs, about wrestling refs. Uh, well, I mean, I know one great one, Dr. Jeff, the rest are, you know, they're who they are. So either way, Brandon survives the second period as we all knew he would, but now it's nine to six. So this kid's kind of come back a little bit, right? Brandon survived as we knew he would. And I remember this distinctly, right? So Mm -hmm. the, the way they stop around is that someone on the time clock throws a towel in to hit the wrestlers and the ref, right? Towel comes in. This kid takes a little bit longer to let go than everyone would like, right? Mm. Let's go, gets off. Brandon stands up. He is, the look on his face, (laughs) even thinking about it now. My God, this poor kid. (laughs) So Brandon, Brandon stands up, right? We used to do a thing where you like slap your thighs. You know what I mean? Like it gets you kind of hyped. Brandon slaps his right thigh one time and his left thigh one time. And is like teeth clenched, like ready to fucking <laughs> rip someone's head off. This poor fucking kid had no idea what was coming. So third period starts. Uh, Brandon starts it on bottom, right? Mm-hmm. So as soon as the whistle blows, boom, Brandon's out right away, right? This kid can't contain him, right? Then Brandon takes the kid down right away, okay? So then he takes him down and he breaks him down flat. So the way it is is that the kid is flat on his stomach right and brandon's behind him kind of on like one leg kind of pressing him down with his body brandon then gets what we call a bar arm some people call it a chicken wing where the kid he takes the kid's arm right we'll say it's the kid's left arm 
He Brandon takes his left arm and he sinks it underneath the kit, the crick of the kid's elbow in between his, his arm and then puts his back, his other hand on the flat of the kid's back. He sinks it in deep. And what I mean by that, he's all, he's in all the way to the elbow. So this kid has now lost complete and total use of his left arm. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So Brandon then positions his other arm on the other side of the kid's body. Right. And he's yeah. going to, he's going to do what we call run the arm bar. Right. So going back before this kid, right. This kid was on top of Brandon saying that he's going to be on the front page of the paper. Right. <laughs> Says this to Brandon. Right. Says this to him. Brandon doesn't forget that. So when he has him in this arm bar, what you're traditionally supposed to do is you're supposed to run the arm bar across the kid's body to turn him over to go to his back. That's one way you can do it. The kid could fight it or, or, you could run it forward. So <laughs> what Brandon decided to do is to teach this fucking guy a lesson and Uh-oh. not to talk shit when you get someone caught in a headlock. Brandon, oh my God, this poor kid. I think this kid was a ginger too, and he was like really pale. Oh boy. <laughs> you, he's, so imagine this. The kid's broke. Okay, so take your arm, right? Take mm-hmm. your arm and put it in a 90 degree hole. Like hold it at 90 degrees. Then Mm -hmm. take your elbow and try and put it behind your back as far as it can go, right? You can probably put it till your hand is resting on your side and your elbow straight back, right? That's as far as it can go. Now, imagine someone has that holding it like that, and they run it towards your ear. That's what (laughs) Brandon did, right? That doesn't seem very natural. It's not. It's not. (laughs) So Brandon runs it towards the kid's ear, and the kid turns over right away and is like, because legit his arm just got torn to shreds right i think they called a medical timeout right there they get the kid up and he's like oh my god my arm oh my god also he's trying to salvage this as like a victory for him from like to like you know he can say you almost pinned brandon hill you know what Mm -hmm. i mean because that would be a big deal brandon was brandon was ranked in the state at the time he was ranked in the nation at the time he had placed at the number one tournament in the history of high school wrestling he had placed at a winter tournament that was a nationally ranked tournament. Like he was doing really well. So this kid, this would have been this kid's season. This would have been his, he could have won one match and it would have mm-hmm. been this match and it would have been his whole career. Right. Yeah. So either way, medical timeout ends. So they go down. So the kids on bottom brands on top again. Right. Same thing happens. Brandon breaks him down. And wouldn't you know, he gets the arm bar in again, same arm. What's he do? <laughs> runs it again right same thing happened where the kid turns and he's like ah! oh, no. another medical timeout right this kid is now holding his arm like like and they're like using because you only get five minutes of a medical timeout just an fyi uh just in case you're wondering brandon would have nine medical defaults on this season which means that he would wrestle nine different guys who would submit to a medical default, which means that you have five minutes of medical time, right? Before you have to, you have to yeah. say the other guy wins, right? Where you have to mm-hmm. default that Brandon did that nine times, nine. Oh oh There's boy. only 30 matches in a year. <laughs> you got to up the insurance premiums on that, man. Oh dude. He, well, he used to do. Okay. Well, let's stay with the story. So, but yeah, we'll go. He'll tell us about that move that he used to do, which is now illegal. So, Brand, so either way, this kid howling again, this shoulder, like you can see like the blood vessels breaking through his pale skin. You know what I mean? Either that or it's just really red. 
you know, and this kid runs again, medical timeout, and he's like holding his arm. Same thing. They go back down into the position where the kid's on bottom. He's like, like he can barely put his arm out to hold him, right? Whistle blows again. Brandon breaks him down. But what's he do this time? He gets a little crafty, and he goes on the other side, and he oh, takes no. the other arm, right? Same thing, because this kid he was broken down flat again. This kid took his arm and hit it under his body, right? He's like, <laughs> not again. You're not getting this arm again. No way. So what's Brandon do? He's like, okay. And he just jumps to the other side, sinks it in all the way to the elbow again, and runs it again. Wow. Same thing. Same thing. Had it, been, had it been now in this, like, pussified era, right, they would have mm-hmm. – Brandon would have been penalized for some bullshit, right? But back then, this is when they were still letting men be men and settle their differences on the mat and, and you know, teaching lessons to people who talk shit. So he runs it, right? Brandon oh – God, this is – this <laughs> Brandon. So what brand this kid is like giving up at this point. So Brandon turns him over. The kid's on his back. Brandon could hold him there and pin him. But no, 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 no. Not in our house. Right. This wasn't even at home. This was at their place. This was in a way. This was in a way meet. This kid's oh in front of his family and friends and everything. His mom's in the stands crying, all this stuff. So the kid, <laughs> Brandon had a chance to pin him when he turned him and he let him turn back over. You want to know why? Because eventually he would get both arms and he would run them both <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Unreal. Right? At this Unreal. point, it's done. It's done. The match is done. I don't think, like, the kid, the, I don't know, the kid, oh, God, the poor kid, because this is like the second or third match of the night. This yeah. poor kid sat against the wall of the gymnasium with like five ice packs all on his shoulders the rest of the night. <laughs> At the end of the meet, when we would walk to shake hands with the other team, this kid couldn't even shake hands. <laughs> he was like laughing, elbows. And yeah. he was, dude, he was like crying. He had to go to the hospital. All his shit was torn to shreds. So this because- move, this this specific move is not, it wasn't illegal at the time. It's but still what, not illegal. What it was the ref like, hey, come on. Like, can you please, I please mean- stop this? No, or it is the like rest, the writing was on the wall. The whole arena knew that this was I, happening. So, the, okay. So you're going to find out from stories I tell on this show that wrestling is very much a parents involved sport, mm-hmm. right? So if the ref, the, I feel like sometimes the ref will take a cue from the parents or a coach where mm-hmm. it's like the parents will be like, this needs to end right now. You know what I mean? Or the, or the coach will be like, this needs to end right now. No one was saying that. This kid was given opportunities to stop and leave. He didn't want to, right? He didn't want it. He was a glutton yeah. for punishment. If anything, it's his fault, right? It, oh, it is. Let. It's not if anything. It is one hundred percent his fault. We'll just say that right now, mm, right? Some come up. So, yeah. So that. So this poor kid ended up going to the hospital. This would just be one of the nine, or one. You know, this added to the illustrious Brandon Hill moniker. I'll tell you this, right? So, uh, okay. So, you know, Brian Dawkins, right? Brian Dawkins wasn't the best. He's not the best safety ever. Right. Mm -hmm. But what he is, he might be the best teammate ever where he brought an attitude to a team where it was like, let's like, he was like, let's go. He's ride Mm -hmm. or die. Right. Yeah. If you look at wrestling, high school wrestling, it is essentially an organized gang fight. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, you have two groups of kids from two different areas They're both repping the colors of their school 
and they're going to go out and train combat. They're just not allowed to eye poke, bite, and punch in the face. You're allowed the cross face. Brandon loved a good cross face, right? A cross face is even worse because it's like a forearm shiver. It's fucking right there. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, but but I feel, and, and on our team, we had some really good guys. Pete was really good. And uh, Zach Freiling was really good. John Deary, Joey Rassoni, Mike Demotsis, like really, really good guys. Mm-hmm. Brandon was one of our really good guys. And he also brought an attitude to this team where it was like, one, like, don't get it wrong. We're, we're kids. Like, we'll fight in practice. We will. Everyone fought all the time because you're wrestling all the time. You're cutting weight. You're not eating. You're fucking miserable, right? I, I'm not saying Brandon ever lost any fights. I'm not saying that because it didn't happen. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. saying that he like we might fight with each other, but even if it was a kid on our team that no one really liked, no one else is fucking with our guys. And he was one of the big advocates of that attitude and that demeanor yeah. of like we might be wrestling our like it's very much one person out there on the mat one on one, but we're a team when we're together and we roll as a team, right? Mm. Yeah. So when we started doing this show, he is one of the first guys I really wanted to get on. I'm really happy he's here. And I can't, you know, can't thank him enough for coming on. Brandon, we know you're doing great. You got a great family and great everything like that. And, you know, you're kicking ass and, and you're serving the country and doing everything great. I just want to ask, have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? And if yes, what do you think of that piece of shit movie? <laughs> no, unfortunately, I haven't seen it. <laughs> All right. You're, 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 you don't want to see it. Do yourself a favor and, and, and throw it away. <laughs> hey, one thing I will say, like, you know how there's some people that are really good storytellers, but they yeah. always embellish things to make it seem sure. like the story is so much sure. better. Sure, that happens. Unfortunately, happen. with that last story, you didn't embellish that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was there, brother. I was there. He's been known to do it. But I didn't embellish. I'm telling you, when, we talked about it. I was there. That was a hell yeah. of a night. He was all Brandon was also there the night that the biggest upset ever happened when we beat up a perk and he was one of the big reasons we did. He didn't get enough praise when we told the Pete story of Pete winning the heavyweight match. Had Brandon gotten pinned, that's the match right there. Mm-hmm. Brandon had to wrestle one had of the, the line. top Yeah, he had to wrestle one of the top kids in the nation. Yeah. And he like all his like brand all the kids two years older than Brandon. He's heavier than Brandon. He's you know th- he's got all these things. And Brandon just had to you know he had to fight it out, man. He was a tough yeah. out, you know. That's why my dad liked him. Yeah, that and that's the second time you've brought up that story about your dad. Even though he has two boys on the team, he yeah. he has him as his favorite. That's oh, I can yeah. definitely see that that conversation going down too. You're yelling at you guys. <laughs> After every match, and be like, "Hey, I like the way you club that kid in the back of the head." I'd be like, "Thanks, Mister." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you loved it. You loved it. That's so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. There's you, yeah. honestly, somebody should be like documenting uh, wrestling parents because wrestling parents are another breed. And Dude, I'll, you know. I'm, we'll get into some stories. It's not all great. It's actually it can be really bad. <laughs> Yeah, like, sometimes they go a little overboard. They're freaking nuts. I mean, we might have to cut this story, but my dad, so sections, when we were sophomores, Brandon, sections, uh, my brother asshole wrestled this kid, Devin Smith, in the finals of the sectional tournament. And it was at Penridge High School. 
and Tom had had this kid taken down and the ref didn't give it to him. Right. And it was like the very end of the match and Tom ended up losing by one point. Had he gotten this takedown, he wins by one point. Right. So, so not a pin, though, right. Just a takedown. Just a takedown. Yeah. Yeah. Not a pin. This is because they were like back. They were both high level. So it was back and yeah. forth. You know what I mean? And so he gets like uh, Tom ends up losing. Right. As soon as the match ends and they raise the other kid's hand torrential downpour of booze from the stands because it was a bad call right Mm -hmm. torrential downpours of booze right and my dad is fuming so the booze stop everything's quiet and then my dad yells in a quiet gymnasium ref you're a fucking asshole right (laughs) yells it yells it right and then they kick out they kick out mr wit dave wit's dad because they thought he he yelled it he's the fall guy yeah, but David already won and wrestled and all that stuff. So Mr. Witt was like, all right, I don't know. But yeah, they kicked out Mr. Witt and kept my dad there. My dad then, God, this is, all right, we might have to cut this. But we had a Whenever car, you say that, dad, I don't cut it, by the way. Yeah, it only ever happens rarely. But I don't know if you knew. I think I told you this, Brandon. But after that match, my dad, well, I was, we were going to leave, and my dad had pulled up the car in front of the school we were at and like not... I was like, what? Like, why is he there? Why did he pull it up? We were just going to walk to the car. And I go up to the car and he's sitting there and he has a loaded, like, I think it was like a 36 or something in, in the car. And he's like, Matt, you need to get a ride home with Dr. Jeff. And I was like, dad, what are you doing? He's like, this ref needs to learn a lesson. I was like, you oh, gotta be fucking nice. kidding me. You got, so like right away I had to go get Dr. Jeff. I was like, Hey, Dr. Jeff, uh, you really need to talk to my dad right now, please. You know? And he went and like talked him out of it, but he's a fucking nut, dude. And that's not that's not an embellishment. That's just how crazy wrestling parents are. You can yeah. fucking ask. They're nuts. That's nuts. that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. Nice. But Brand, Brandon's Brandon's old man was really good too. Like he would practice with us and stuff. Really good dude. So all right, let's get this going because we got some good shit to get into. So uh, Brandon was born in uh, Lansdale, Pennsylvania, land of the free, home of the brave, and then he uh, grew up in an area that we know as N-Dub, right? Mm-hmm. Some people call it North Wales. We call it N-Dub. It is what it is. N-Dub is what N-Dub is. N-Dub. But I'll tell you what, and Pete's brought this up too, and I agree. If there is like a city version, like a version of our area that's most most like a city neighborhood, it would be N-Dub. Our neighborhood wasn't as bad, like, Ours was like, because there's just so many people crammed into such a small place, right? Yeah. Like, if you're in North Wales Borough, North Wales Borough is a ton of kids and ton of people crammed in a really tight place, you know? And I remember you would say, I think Brandon told me this, where it's like North Wales Elementary was the, had the, uh, like the most kids in the school of any school in the district. It was just jam packed, mm. yeah. right? So he grew up there with a bunch of another, a bunch of tough kids in his neighborhood and stuff like that. But I'll tell you this, when it came to tough kids in street fights, uh, there's one guy you want in your team and it's Brandon. All right. I've <laughs> seen him. I've seen him do some things where I was like, Jesus Christ. I've never even like, been hey. in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Oh, we're not allowed to say that stuff. No, you're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Brandon, Brandon's never been in any fights. Nope, <laughs> um, yeah. I think there's definitely like a reputation that uh, North Wales kids have that like they take yeah. with them. That they just, no matter which kid it is, you just know that if you're if you're gonna roll with a uh, an end up kid, you're not gonna yeah. get out without a scratch, you know. 
you might not, there's not, yeah. they might not win every fight, but you're, you're not going to have a good time if you, if you get yourself into a fight. Well, yeah, we you don't want to, you wouldn't want to fight him twice. We had like a four block by 10 block radius. Everybody yep. knew everybody, and all the fights went down at the dog park in front of the elementary school. Yep. So, it, so it didn't matter who was fighting or who was rolling. If you were from N-Dub and you came up and was like, yo, I'm from North Wales, there's a fight at the dog park, I'd be like, yo, I got you. Let's roll. Yeah. 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 yeah and plus, too, you guys always rolled in a pack, you know? Like, there's some – plus, there's some really good guys, man. Like, like Liam. I fucking love Liam. Yep. Love that guy to death. I hope nothing but the best for him. Trav. Yep. Trav to talk about talk about making chicken salad out of chicken shit with that guy, huh? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but no, there was a bunch of there was a bunch of cool dudes there. No, they were they were all right for sure, for sure. And you know, co- and we've talked about him on our show, Cabot. If you remember the Pete episode, Cabot's the guy who flipped off the crowd. Pete mm, had the great yeah. line that that Cavett's mouth was always writing checks that his ash couldn't cash for the whole team. <laughs> Cabot was my best man at my wedding. I was just going to say, yeah. So, Brandon, okay, so let's get into this. Okay, so Brandon grew up in North Wales, went through public school, K-12. to Brandon's life changed when he met me uh, at the North Penn Panthers Youth Wrestling Team when we were like 11, you would say, Brandon? 11, 12, something like that. Yeah, so we wrestled then. We would see each other at wrestling and, like, different sports events and, you know, dances and stuff like that. But then I was in Catholic school. Then eventually we would both meet at public school. We'd be on the wrestling team and stuff together. And so Brandon was on the wrestling team. Brandon was a, an excellent wrestler. He started varsity. Did you wrestle varsity as a freshman at all? Yeah, I was at 145. Jesus Christ. Were you really? Golly, <laughs> man. So 145 as a freshman. Then, so you wrestled varsity all four years then? Yeah. Yeah. So he wrestled varsity all four years. And I remember when we were sophomores, he had to beat an upperclassman and their matches and wrestle offs were, you know who I'm talking about too. Yep. And yeah, they were like, cause I'm not gonna lie. The upperclassman was good. He was in shape. He was strong. Right. But Brandon, dude, Brandon just had it, you know, when it came to came to win and Brandon was there. So as I said, he excelled at wrestling really good. One of the other things, and uh, well, he never did this because uh, he can't say he did this now, but we had a tradition on the wrestling team that was handed down to us by our upperclassmen that we then handed down to uh, the, uh, the, cla- you know, the classmen under us, and they handed down, and, and it was handed down, whatever. It's been generations and generations, and we called it STOS, right? And STOS means steal the other team's shit. So when you're on a wrestling team, you're at tournaments. Like we were at, like we went to nationally ranked tournaments all the time. Right. And Mm -hmm. one of the funnest things you would do is like, like there, like we had some decent gear, right? Like decent swag we'd have, but there were some other teams that were like, dude, they had like, they were like sponsored by Adidas and Asics and like their gear was like sick, absolutely sick. Right. They had like custom made headgears that weren't even available to the public. They had the best shoes and all this stuff. So a big get would be to steal like a warm up or something from another school that had a team on it. Uh, There was a school. It was called the Hill School. Uh, We'll just say I ended up getting a jacket from them. But yeah. Uh, So either way. Yeah. Brandon never gifted you a jacket. Brandon never partook in that stuff. Brandon was very much like, as far as I remember, if there's shit going down, Brandon's leading the pack. You know what I mean? So, 
But when there was stuff like that, you know what I mean? Because we had like underclassmen that would want to buddy with us. And like you're at a tournament all day. So it's like you're like messing around, like just doing fun shit and like hanging out. But you're also like, you know, like there's guys like, okay, like uh, let's say like the Beast of the East, for instance. That's a tournament. It's all day long. It's a two-match elimination. Let's say I'm eliminated somewhat early. We, I still have to hang out there for 10 hours while yeah. everyone else is wrestling into the second day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, when you're eliminated, you kind of find some shit to do. So, like, I would leave our stands. I would come back. I'd be like, all right, let's hide this in this bag. Let's put this in this bag. So we would leave with some pretty good stuff. But, yeah. Um, There's some good stories way. from Beast of the East, but they're for off the air. Yeah, yeah. We can <laughs> <laughs> Where was that? that? Was that hosted at different schools? It was at, that was in Del- Delaware. Del- the Blue Hands University of College. Delaware. University of Delaware, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that where Jaeger went to play football too? Am I thinking that correctly? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, me either. Uh so okay. But yeah, so that would be there. So it was like, you know, there's a hundred hundreds of teams there, right? And it was like you'd have you'd go, you'd have like sixty some oh no. It'd be you'd have a ton of kids in your weight class. It was incredible. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember my first or my second match, maybe it was against the number one ranked kid in the nation at my weight class. It was fun. Got his autograph before the match. It was great. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but uh, so, yeah, we'd have like tournaments like that where we'd hang out and do things like that. So Brandon then went from there. After there, he goes, he graduates high school and stuff. And for like a year, he's kind of like bouncing around places. He went to Bloomsburg to wrestle, right, which is – you have to. We had brought this up before. There's 85 D1 wrestling programs in college, right? Mm-hmm. There's a bunch in Pennsylvania, right? There's like small schools like Lock Haven and Bloomsburg that are like powerhouse Edinburgh, Clary, like they're powerhouses for wrestling. Yeah. But you would like they're just like smaller schools in PA. Bloomsburg is one of those. The Bonomo brothers, Rick and Rock, right? They went yeah. there. They're, they're Lock they were Haven. Not, oh, never mind. But I it's still one of those that. that they're like D3 for every other sport but wrestling. Wrestling, they're yeah. D1, and they're usually like top 20 in the country. Yep. Yeah. They're just like their drag out brawler program, really good. So Brandon went there to wrestle. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't work out there. So Brandon then comes back home. He's uh, living in like Phil. He's living in Maniunk with a couple buddies and doing things like that. Then on Brandon's uh, 19th birthday, he signed up to join the United States Marine Corps, right? Or mm. he he signed up prior to that and joined on his 19th birthday. Yeah, my first right, day Brandon? of boot camp was my 19th birthday. Oh, happy birthday! <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I, I, yeah, I remember. I remember when I heard you joined the military, and my first, I was like, okay, all right, country's okay, all right, we're gonna be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s as in Sam, K 
is in Kite. O is in October. E is in Tom. B is in Boy. E is in Edward. L is in Larry. L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go. So you're in boot camp, and I know it's, you can't talk a lot about it, but how is boot camp for you? I know, like, all we ever see is the bullshit in the movies and gimmick like that, but what did you think? Did you, like, I've worked out with you and stuff. You were always athletic and, like, working out. Like, I don't think anything like that would bother you, and I could see you taking a leadership role kind of at that time. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, it, uh... To be honest, boot camp is one of those, like, you could tell the athletic kids always excelled, especially the wrestlers and stuff like that, like yeah, the, yeah. the PT and stuff. It wasn't, yeah. not that it was cake work, but it was that stuff that we were used to from running stairs for 45 minutes of practice anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to be honest, it's it's more mental than it is anything else, because you're literally cut off from the world for, like, three months. Like, Oof, no geez. TV, no music, no nothing. Like, you're literally cut off from the world, told what to do, when to do it, and everything for three months. Yeah. I would see – I could see that probably. But, like, was that the – did you have trouble with that? Like, the authority, like the – because they're kind of oppressive with authority at times. I, I, I don't know. I'm just assuming. But My personality? Okay? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you'd be like – like if someone, oh God, cause me, like, I would fight with our wrestling coach, but I did it cause I was an asshole. Right. Brandon would, Brandon would fight with the wrestling coaches and he would be right. And, or maybe wrong, but either way, it's maybe cause they said something to him the wrong way. And this is fucking what happened. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I would argue with him cause I was like stupid thinking I knew better. Brandon is like, fuck you. Don't tell me to fucking do any, you know what I mean? So I could see a drill sergeant. Maybe not being your favorite person. I don't know, though. It takes some getting used to, for sure. But it's one of those two, to be honest. You don't have the opportunity to even think about talking back or anything along those lines, for one. For two, it's one of those that if you go in with the mindset of, like, this is going to make me better, then it's kind of one of those, hey, I'm doing what you're telling me to do for a reason. I'm not doing it just because you're telling me to do it. Right. Yeah. That's a good, and that's a good mind. Plus two, you're in there with your, with your fellow Marines. So yep. it's like, you're there, like you guys are all doing it together. Yep. I could see that. I could also see like, <laughs> like they tell stories about fighting in the showers and stuff. I'm sure you were, uh, had a tussle there too, but, um, either way, did you have a, I was curious about this. Did you have a nickname when you were in the Marine Corps? No, I haven't actually. <laughs> no. We, it all no. goes, it all goes by ranks. So. Oh, okay. So what do they call you now? Are we allowed to say it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what right is- now I'm a gunnery sergeant. Golly. <laughs> it All sounds right, like more. All right. That's cool when you go to boot camp, are, so are you with a cohort, like a group of people that you guys would all go along at the same pace as long as everyone's successful? You got a platoon. Everybody's broken down to platoons, and our platoon had like, we started with like 95 recruits Mm -hmm. Um, and by the time we graduated we graduated with like 80 so along the way like if you can't complete certain things like a lot of people fail at the rifle range because they can't shoot a rifle from 500 yards so if Mm -hmm. you fail you get recycled so basically you get pushed to a platoon that's farther back so you can redo that obstacle again the next week or two weeks or three weeks oh okay Mm. all right that's and is it designed to like weed out quickly like weed out the people that just aren't built for that like lifestyle yeah, it's yeah. it's built to weed them out for one and for two, to force you to persevere. If you're not if you're not meeting that obstacle, 
you're going to mm-hmm. do it again and you're going to do it again and you're going to do it again until you do complete it. The yeah. only bad part is we think of an obstacle being an hour or two hours or a day, but the obstacle's there. It might be two weeks, which means you're staying at boot camp an extra two weeks because you got to oh go God. back and start it over again and go oh, back and start it over again. Oh, my gosh. That's brutal. <laughs> hey, man, that's why, you know, that's why we do have the best military in the world. So yeah. what are you going to do? That shit like that pays off. Did you see, too, when you're in there, right, like you're young, but there's had to be some, like, chubby-faced, you know, strajules in there that you saw go from – being pieces of dough to pieces of wood, right? Like, that, oh, yeah. did you see transformation? Like, you, I'm assuming you went in, in in pretty decent shape, but like, you know, there had to be some other kids that are like, you know, n- like noodles that kind of turned into all right. Is that kind of what get, happened? You get both ends of the spectrum. Like, I went in weighing like 170, and when I left, I weighed like 170. But we had yeah. guys that went in there weighing like 120 and left out after three months weighing like 140. But we also oh. had guys that went in weighing like 210, 215 that left out weighing 180. Yeah. Yeah. I think Newman, you remember Newman? Newman yeah. was like that. Yeah. He went in big, came out shredded. That yep. guy was a bad son of a bitch. Jesus. <laughs> You're tough, dude. Um, nice, man. So, okay. So, boot camp was good. What kind of, I mean, I know, I don't, I know you don't want to give away too much. So, like, another thing is, like, my dad was a veteran. But we like you didn't talk about the military. It's almost like and I brought this up before. It's almost like having a relative that's done prison time where it's like you don't talk about that. You know what I mean? Like if they want to tell you fine, but you, it's not like you want to bring it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it's all the stuff we ever see is in movies and like the bullshit you hear and all that stuff. But when was there any part of like boot camp? You're like, this is actually kind of fun. Like, I kind of like this, you know, like, or was it all just like, fucking let's go. Like, let's get through this, like kind of learn this and do our thing. No, there's, there's actually a lot of stuff. Like obviously the rifle ranges and stuff, because you're shooting all kinds of weapons, you're throwing grenades, stuff like that to where it's like, you see it in the movies, but actually doing it. Um, I mean, you're talking about you're repelling down towers that are two and 300 feet just to learn how to repel. Um, I'd be you out. Like, That'd be the end of me. <laughs> Tap it out. You do, you do like two and three day events where literally you pack up stuff and you'll go out and complete all these obstacles where people are doing all these like Spartan runs, paying money to do that. And I'm getting paid to do it in return. <laughs> well, and they don't get any guns or any cool shit like that. You know, yeah. they're getting like, yeah, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a ribbon at the end. It's going to be awesome. Huh? Huh? <laughs> You're back there, like living the real Spartan life, doing your thing, dude. That's awesome. So, all right, what what was your specialty when you were in boot camp? Everybody does everything there. You don't have no choice. Okay. Everybody partakes. Yeah. What? So what's just it, like, like the you first? Wait? Yeah, the first like actual when you finally got filtered into a specific role. Like, what was that? So so after boot camp and stuff like that, you go on to like your Marine combat training and your school and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, that's when I basically went in and I went open contract. They basically gave mm-hmm. me supply. So I do nothing but like supply and fiscal and accounting and accountability and such. Hmm. So for, for us dudes, uh, what is, can you explain what does open contract mean? I know we talked about it, but what, <clears throat> what, so like if I'm someone from not in this world, what does uh, open contract mean? If you sign in open contract. So usually when you sign your papers, you sign up for a specific job. Like they'll tell you what's open. Like, Hey, do you want to be a motor team mechanic? You can be a mechanic on trucks. You can be artillery. You can be infantry. Um, I went in basically as open contract, meaning 
I have no job because there were no jobs available. So give me whatever job you see me fit. And you could, so it's just basically like, Hey, you just get, we're going to throw you to wherever we need you. Yep. Right? I could have went anything from like the air wing to infantry to being a cook. Wow. <laughs> you kind of lucked out though. Like, oh, so yeah. I was, so like, like you said, you ended up in supply. Now this to me is fascinating because you always hear like you do like, you know, like, okay, one of the shows I've seen uh, is called Generation Kill. And I don't know if you've seen that, but yep. it seemed like an almost, it seemed like, a, from what I've heard, it's a somewhat accurate uh, depiction. But I always was fascinated at the beginning, this guy ordered like a special thing for his car. And it was like something that would block, it was like you could put your gun in it and it was like a, like a gun thing on the car, like a turret that you could attach to the Humvee, right? And the dude says, like, dude, you ordered it two months ago. You're not going to get it until we're done. And he was like, no, I'm going to get it. Ends up getting it like the last episode when they were done. The guy was right. But is that something that would, like, come from you? Like, yep. that always fascinated me. Like, <laughs> they had they had pizzas delivered the one day. Are you the one setting up, like, a thousand pizzas to be delivered in the middle of the desert in Iraq? Like, <laughs> that's That's a little bit overkill. But in yeah. all reality, yeah, there's we basically order anything and everything with the government's money. I mean, there's certain things that we don't deal with, but for yeah. the most part, yeah. I mean, if you need trucks, if you need parts for trucks, if you need wow. weapons, optics, all that kind of different stuff, that's what we delve in. We delve in the accountability of it, the ordering of it, yeah. distributing everything. Do you, and like workout equipment and stuff, is that you oh, as yeah. well? Or oh, yep. shit. Dude, that's badass, man. Like, okay. <laughs> Two things I wanted to ask. So Brandon has been deployed four times, two times to Iraq and two times to Afghanistan. And he volunteered. Did you volunteer for all four or for three of the four trips? Three of them I volunteered for. The first, the first two to Iraq I volunteered for, and the first one to Afghanistan I volunteered for. Wow. God bless you, man. Jesus Christ. So one thing I did want to ask, and I think the listeners might want to know this too. Uh, as a person who hasn't served, I am very thankful for our men and women in the military. And I think everyone has that same thought there, whatever your uh, opinions are on shit, whatever, you should always thank the soldier. It is a sacrifice and a service that they perform. You being a soldier, right? When you tell someone we're not soldiers, that you're Marines. Or, sorry, <laughs> when you're in the Marine, sorry, uh, scratch, edit that. So Brandon, when you're in the Marine, <laughs> <laughs> so as a as a marine right as someone in the military when you come back and you tell and someone finds out that you were deployed over there like they always say like say thank you for your service and things like that as like what would you want someone to say when you say you're in the military as like a thank you for your service is there something like you're just like dude don't even mention it or is it like well it, it does mean something like what what would you say no, I mean, I, I always tell them thanks. Like, I appreciate yeah. it. But in the end, it's yeah. one of those that, yeah. I mean, that's this is what we signed up for. This is what we do day in and day out. So to me, it's just yeah. another job. It's just, that's that's what I do for a living, just like anybody else. Yeah. Cool, man. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, that being said, thanks for your service. <laughs> <And> appreciate it. <laughs> I think that especially for people like me and, I mean, Matt, to a certain extent, who have no background on how, like, the military... Um, like industry works, we literally just think it's a bunch of like soldiers or Marines going out there doing what we see on TV. And what yeah. we don't realize yeah. is, and what I, I learned a little bit of it is that there's an actual like 
ecosystem of people that have to keep this thing up and running and, and keeping people going and, and, and it's all within the military. So like, I think that's a, that's a really cool, um, like it's, it's, it's interesting to learn that. Um, is there like a specific, like, did you have to, I'm trying to say like, did you have to like climb a ladder to get to that point? Or like, did you know that you were going to stick with military from when you got into it? Cause you said you got in when you were 19. So when you were 19, did you think like, Oh, I'm going to be here. No. So everybody has the stigma of like military, especially if you know nothing about it. Like everybody just runs around with guns and eats MREs and you shoot stuff. That's that's absolutely what I'm picturing. (laughs) It is true. Like that, like you see movies and video games, like Mm -hmm. no one in video games is talking about the supply officer who actually provided the bullets for the guys to shoot the Zambies. You know what I'm saying? Like fucking a, you know, so that you're part of like a, like a culture and an infrastructure inside of our society that no one really knows how it works. And it's, and to me, it's fascinating, but yeah. So like Shake said, when you first got in, what was your idea? Was this a career? Go. Sorry to interrupt. You good. So my first four years, no, I, I when my first four years was done, I thought I was going to get out. Um, and a good opportunity came along for me to get stationed back home in Philadelphia. And I was like, you know what? I could reenlist and stay in. The pay was good. The benefits were good. I did enjoy what I was doing. I just didn't know if that's what I wanted to do for the next 20 years. So mm-hmm. I decided to stay in, and obviously this is where I'm at now 17 years later. But mm-hmm. like you said also, it is one of those that we are like our own – it's like our own company, city, however you want to describe it. We have literally everything. Like we have people that run logistics. We have people that run the post office. We have people that yeah. run the cafeterias. We literally have Marines with jobs for almost anything, transport and stuff, literally for yeah. everything. So, all right. So you go in. So here's a, here's a cool thing, right? And this is like straight out of uh, officer and a gentleman. So our boy Brando here, right? I'm not going to lie. And uh, if your wife uh, hears this, uh, we'll edit it. But uh, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon's uh, got a pretty good resume, we'll say, going, going in. So uh, from what I understand, Brandon, you had finished boot camp, right? And you were getting ready and you're doing your thing and you're getting ready for your first deployment, right? And you head to Myrtle Beach, right? You go to oh, uh, you go to uh, Brandon in high school. This should be said. Brandon in high school worked as a cook at Friendlies. We kind of passed that because you know it is what it is. Yeah. So Brandon then goes into a Friendlies, right? He's there with another buddy of ours, a wrestling team buddy, Ryan Barry. Good dude, real good dude, right? Shout out Ryan Barry, Badger. <laughs> uh, so. He's there with another buddy of ours at Myrtle Beach, and he goes to none other than a friendlies. And he's at this friendlies, and Brandon, take it from here. Tell us what happened. (laughs) So (laughs) me and Ryan Barry are sitting at friendlies, and these two girls walk in, a blonde and a brunette. If you knew anything about me, I'm a sucker for blondes. Sorry. They they both come in, and I tell the waitress, I'm like, hey, those two girls that just came in, she's like, yeah, I'm like, hey, can you seat them next to us? And she's like, okay, let me go see. So instead of just, I thought she was, like, hooking us up, like, she was just going to go grab them and seat them next to us. Later, I found out the story. She basically walked up to the two girls and was like, hey, those two dudes over there want me to seat you guys next to them. Do you want me to seat you there, or do you want me to put you somewhere else in the restaurant? And the two girls were like, yeah, you can seat us there. So they sat them next to us. Well, of course, I sit there and I'm talking to the the blonde and me and the blonde. Here we are. What? 15 years later. Yeah. So he he gets her. You get her number there. Right. Talk with her and like, 
hang, then you stay in communication, like hang out and stuff, right? And what was it, 30 days later, Brandon? Yeah, right? 33 days. We met June 12th. We got married July 15th. You imagine that, <laughs> You imagine that? that? Expedited. <laughs> do you want to hear how I, I proposed? Oh, let's do I didn't hear that. Do it. Yeah, yeah let's, let's go. So we got ma- when we got married, it was July 15th. It was a Friday. But yeah. that week on, like, Tuesday, I called her and was like, hey, what you doing this weekend? She's like, oh, I don't know. Like, do you want me to come down? I was like, yeah. I was like, hey, I got a question to ask you, too. She's like, what's up? I was like, uh, like, do you want to get married? And she was like, yeah, okay. So she came <laughs> down. <laughs> yo! Yo! Man. Dude. For, That's how for, done. Oh, my God. When I when I proposed to my wife, we were so I so okay. Here's something I was told, and this is for all you single men out there thinking of doing this. Uh, when I bought the engagement ring for my wife, the lady at the jewelry store told me she's like, "Don't ever propose on their birthday or a holiday." Reason is, is because if you get divorced, the ring is considered a gift, and they get to keep it. If you propose on like a nothing day. Right on just a normal day, <laughs> right? Is, then it's not weird. considered a gift, and that's you get cool. if you get divorced, you get to keep the ring. Yeah, buying the engagement ring, the jeweler's telling me this. Good advice. Not gonna lie. Yeah. I mean, but hopefully, I never have to do that because I people love don't have faith in you, Matt. You know, <laughs> in a previous episode, Matt uh, revealed that his mom tried to talk his now wife out of out of the relationship yeah. and told yeah, her that he, he, he could do better. <laughs> She told, yeah, she went up to my wife and was like, you know, I, I won't say my wife's name. She's like, you know what? I love my son. I love him. But just don't settle. You're a good girl. You can do good. Don't settle. And yeah. I was like, we were like, we moved in together a month later, like got married like two years, you know, like, come on. Come on, mom. Yeah. So Matt, how long, how long were you with your now wife before you proposed? So we lived together for a year. Before, like we were together for a year, right? Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, look, I'm not going to, I don't want to propose to you until we live together. Reason, I've had some experiences in the past, whatever. So I was like, we need to live together to make sure this works, right? We then lived together for a year, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, I got the ring, hid it at Shake's house, his apartment, actually, for months. Yeah, and then I, I set it. up this... Yeah, I set up this thing. Oh, yeah, thanks. Well, good. Uh, yeah, don't do me any favors. But uh, set, we, I set up this thing where Shake and his now wife were going to hide out in this place called the Morris Arboretum, which is like this beautiful garden, right? And I took my wife there saying that we were going to meet my mom and stuff. And we go to this thing. It, I forget. It's like called the Rose Garden, right? So this was on Mother's Day. Uh, my wife was not a mother at the time, so this does not count as a holiday for her. So this was not a gift, just an FYI. Um, but either way, we go to this rose garden, we're standing there, and it was Mother's Day. So there's like, dude, there's like 70 people there. And I'm like, God damn. Like, it's in my pocket. And I'm like, am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? So I was just like, ah, fuck it. Shake's there. He's filming it from like, he's hiding in like a bush, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, so like, there's like, like, you know, like 60 people there, whatever. And I stand there and I put my hand up. I'm like, excuse me, everyone. Uh, can you just be quiet for a minute? I'm going to propose to the love of my life. And I got down on one knee proposed. And like, she did like the whole, like, you know, thing. So no one heard her say yes. So I like got and gave her a hug. And I was like, Hey, she said yes. And everyone's like, all right. And they clapped. And like we had it on video and then had like a party yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Had I known all I had to do was call her. Had I known, 
Only, only some of us got skills like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have worked for you, man. Yeah, yeah. That, that definitely would not have worked for me. It would have been, so, been a no. I hadn't even met her parents, her brother, nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> we were already oh. done married. Dude, That's that awesome. is the best. That's so good. I, I went 11 years between uh, starting to date my, my now wife and proposing to her. So it's a little different. Yeah. Well, it, it, Shake also uh, picked up his wife when they were uh, juniors in high, in high school. school. Yeah. In high school. See, y'all got something to look back on, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, 15 years and four kids is a little little bit of a uh, biography as well there. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Fit, fit. So 15 years later and four kids. Also, God bless your wife. Because so four tours right and you did i think we counted it when we talked did you do you were in afghanistan in a three-year span you were in afghanistan for almost a year and a half of a three-year span right yeah so and your wife is at home with the two little kids right yep yeah at that time she was at home with the two boys god bless her man seven eight months on end by herself Oh, God bless her, man. So that's, that's the frequency? Dude. Like about seven or eight months you can go home? and It, it all depends on your units. Oh, okay. There's some that are short. There's some that are long. It just all depends on where you're going, what you're doing, who you're with. Um, it just so happened that both of mine were about seven, eight months apiece. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And, of course, those times I'm gone. We had both kids for both of the deployments to Afghanistan. And then my second deployment to Iraq, she had my oldest son. Um, by herself the whole time. So wow. she's a new mom with a newborn kid. God bless her, dude. That's a, your shout out to your wife. Awesome man. <laughs> yeah. That's they don't make them like that anymore, brother. <laughs> You're right. Hey, everyone should start going to friendlies. You know, she's a good looking girl. Hey man. Oh, she's from the south. Is she yeah. from? Okay, where's she from? from her... She's from out like Western North Carolina. So a blonde with an accent. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't, <laughs> You didn't stand a chance, brother. You didn't. No one knew. Well, no one knew. Come on. But hey, you know, you're no slouch either. But so, dude, that's awesome. So happy for it. Okay. So Brandon gets, he, okay. So he meets, you know, he meets who would be his the love of his life, his wife, right? Meets her 33 days later, knows this is the one, gets married. Then how long after you got married did you ship out the first, and this was to Iraq the first time. Is that right? Yeah, it was to Iraq. It was probably about two months after we got married. Oh shit! Wow. God bless you, man. How, dude? I don't want to stir up any shit, but how tough that dude? I I can't imagine like how tough the long distance must be, especially at that time. Oh yeah, like especially back uh, then, because back then the I don't want to say technology, but we just didn't have much over there. Hmm. So like you could get on the phone, but there was like phone centers you had to call from. So you could only, by the time you stood in line behind everybody else and got in there, you'd maybe make one phone call a week home for oh. the whole six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 months, however long you're there. Jesus Christ, dude. That's so, so that's when like your camaraderie with your unit and your boys there and your morale, that's when it's like the most important, yep. right? You're like, spending 24 seven with them, the whole deployment. Jesus oh my goodness. Man. So you guys are really, it really is like, I know you see it in movies and stuff, but it really is a brotherhood. You oh, yeah, yeah. Bond. Do There's you think guys, like, 
there's guys I deployed Go. with in 2005 that I'm still, I talk to day in and day out nowadays as if we grew up our whole lives just because yeah. for seven, eight, nine months, we spent every second of every day together wow. doing something. You need them. You need them, man. Yeah, dude. And do you think like being on wrestling teams and things like, and football teams and stuff like that was very much helpful when in these scenarios, when building a camaraderie with these guys, right? Oh, for sure. Like, and especially our wrestling team. Our wrestling team was close. We had a good group of guys. Agreed. Agreed. We really did. And I think one of the things that set us apart is that we, I know, I, I think you got it pretty bad for hazing when we were underclassmen. I got it pretty bad, but I, that was one thing we kind of kicked back against. Yeah. Like we would do like spiders, right? That was like, but that was like stupid. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that was just us being funny. So we would... <laughs> the we would so like the whole team would get on a guy right and we'd all just like touch him be like spiders 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is some psychological uh it was just being know, stupid but it was just like us being stupid but like i think i agree that our team we were close you know and i think part of it was that we didn't haze we kicked back against yeah the big team. my my big freshman team. year we had uh when everybody was dying their hair and I told oh, yeah. the seniors and was like, oh, my dad won't let me do it, which was straight up BS. And then after one of the matches, two of the guys went up to my dad and was like, hey, can we dye his hair? And my dad was like, yeah, go ahead. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> and so I ran across the high school parking lot all the way across the street. And one of them oh. chased me all the way down in the McDonald's parking lot across the street and carried me all the way back just so they could dye oh. my hair in the locker room. Oh, didn't they do that to, I, I don't want to say his name, but didn't they roll someone up in a wrestling mat and do that to him too? <laughs> Probably. I can, yeah. that, that sounds completely normal. Yeah. We were, dude, I would say we were a close bunch of guys. Also, you have to remember when you wrestle, it's not just like you join the high school team. Like we'd all been wrestling together our whole lives, yep. you know, like since we were really young and like we'd been in the shit together. Also like, I and I don't know. Obviously, I I don't I I have no comparison. But we were going through shit together that no one else knew. Kind of similar to when you're deployed. Like you only the guys you're with there are the only ones you knew. Like when we're all cutting weight and we're all having to deal with practice and like all this bullshit. Like we were there together, right? Is that kind of the same mentality you would have when you're overseas in a foreign country in an you know like in enemy territory? Like you're with your boys and it's just like, here, we're here together and we might argue, we might do shit, but when it comes down to it, we might fight with each other, but no one fucks with us. Oh yeah. Thing, right? That's the exact mindset you're in. Good. That's hey, that's the way it fucking <laughs> shit. But that's also for you. And I think that's the same for us, Shake. That's a neighborhood thing too. Our neighborhood was very much like that, you know? Yeah. Same, and I, I feel like end dubs that way too. You know, I think that's why we always got along with the end of guys. We didn't yeah. get along with those cowies, though. Yeah, yeah, common enemy. Yeah. <laughs> Pricks from Talmenson. Yeah, those Harleysville yuppies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and not to get too far into this, but uh, I, I mean, I imagine that there is at least one difference between, you know, high school sports and then, you know, entering the military. And, and that's like yeah. the severity of, of you know, the legitimate threat to, to what's going yeah. on versus yeah. when you're in high school and... 
you know, I just think it should be stated, you know, stated from, <laughs> from our perspective, you know, and I am in no way trying to, in trying to take away from that in any way. Of course. Yeah, I, yeah. I know, Matt. I'm just, I'm just, I, I didn't want our guests to have to say something like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very much like wrestling when it's you're just like wrestling. Right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> spiders and some other guys over here dodging gunfire. Yeah, exactly the same. <laughs> Okay, fans, now for a little break in the action. We're introducing a new segment to the show. This is The Date You Hate with our good friend, Kyler Bach. Kyler, what's the date and what do you hate? The date is January 20th, 1945. So I get home from work today and I really got to go to the bathroom. So I go into the bathroom and you know what? The freaking toilet's running. Now, you mean to tell me you can't take the time to wait a couple seconds after you flush the toilet? Because you know the chain's going to get caught every once in a while, right? Are people just inconsiderate anymore about the bathroom? I mean, would you leave your sink running all day long? No, you wouldn't. You know why? Because it's going to drive your freaking water bill up. And who the hell has money for that? That's the date, and that's what I hate. All right, and that was the date you hate with our good friend Kyler Bach. Now, back to the show. You're, you're, as, as we were talking, you're the plug out there, right? You're the guy, you're the guy everyone wants to know. You're the guy everyone comes to when they need shit. What is the number one requested thing when you're overseas? Can you say it or no? Yeah. The number one thing everybody wants is boots. No shit. Yeah. Like new boots. Or do they get that worn? It's yeah. Whether it's summertime or wintertime, it's you're literally wearing them things day in and day out to the point where it's running in them walking in them if you're doing patrols you're climbing over rocks all kinds of stuff that yeah they get worn out and people are like you know i need new boots they get holes in them you're walking through water stuff like that that they just get destroyed hmm. are they that are they durable though like they're pretty they good, are right like back you here in the states keep... i can wear them for two three years and i'm fine but yeah. overseas when you're wearing them day in and day out like that and just the terrain you're going through and what you're doing yeah they'll yeah is there, forget it. is there like a specific company that makes them or like, is, does the government make them? There's a couple companies that, that the government buys them off of that we sell them through. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm allowed to say them on here or not. Or yeah. If that matters. Yeah. yeah the, the two yeah. big companies is like Bates and Belleville. They're the two normal ones, but then Danner are like the upper class ones yeah. that if yeah. you can get Danner boots, yeah, you might pay 200 bucks for them, but they're worth it. Yeah. Oh, so when you get new boots, though, that's not like a provided thing. That's like uh, you have to order it out of like a catalog. Or so you got to order them. Um, but overseas, depending on what happens, there are certain times that you can get them paid for. Oh, nice. just different yeah, situations. Like, obviously, if they get destroyed by something. Yeah. Yep. I understand. OK, yeah, I get you. So. All right. Nice. That's, I mean, good. What's the number one requested thing when you're home, like at the base now? Is there anything? No, not really. Everything now is just all part. Yeah, you can drive to the store and get it. Yeah. 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 All right. Nice. So, okay. 
So you're, let's start. So let's say you're, you're, you're married, you marry your wife, your first deployment. So when you go to the deployment, you're very much, so the way it's explained to me, cause I had actually, do you remember staff Sergeant Murphy? I guess were yeah. you, he was like, he was a land sale recruiter. Yep. I had, I had, I had met him a bunch of times and talked to him when we were seniors. I had thought of going to the Marines and I said, no, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I wasn't, you know, so either way, um, he explained it to me is that it's the spear, right? So the the Navy is what launches the spear, and the Marines are if you're throwing a spear, the first thing to hit is the tip the of spear, the spear, the spear, and that's the Marines, right? Yep. So when you're being deployed to an area, right? You're when you guys land, I'm assuming everyone lands and they all have their jobs, right? Like this guy's setting up this, this guy's setting up this. So when you land. Right away, you're like, all right, I got to set up this supply chain and I got to get shit going and I got to talk to the guys who are already here and I got to see what's going on and, and all that, right? Is that kind of how it goes? Yeah, to a degree. It's, yeah. I, I don't want you to think that we're just getting dropped off in the middle of the desert with 30 guys, 40 guys, and it's like, hey, set up supply here and set up this here. Like, there's a multitude of things that go into that to where when you're getting set up, it's not just, hey, let's take these trucks full of guys and go over here and start setting up a maintenance tent and stuff like that. Like there's a multitude of stuff that goes in with building a base and stuff like that, that they make sure they cover all ends. But yeah, Yeah. it's, it's, you fall in on stuff and it's, Hey, who are we ordering this stuff for? Who are we ordering this stuff from? What needs to get ordered? Who's down? Who's up? Nice. All right. Good. And then, so as far as a unit goes, right? Like you had told me you would, you go over with a unit. Right. So, and it's all depending like when you're deployed, it can be different. Like, I don't want to get into too much of it. Obviously, I don't want to give away our nation's secrets. So, (laughs) okay. So, when you're over there, though, right? Like, what is a day like? Do you guys have like shifts and off on the weekends or what? Like, what do you do? Like, (laughs) so you don't get off. That's for sure. You work every day the whole time you're there. Um, so it's 24 seven. You're so anyone could come up to you anytime. Like, Hey, I need this and all that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah. yeah. So you got, I mean, you got hours during the day. Like, of course, again, it depends on what units you're with and what your job is. And I mean, there's times that I went overseas and I wasn't doing supply, even though supply is my job, I went over and I did provisional infantry, which means I was basically doing infantry stuff, dismounted patrols, stuff like that. Walking around, kicking in doors, they call it. Um, so it just all depends on what you're going over there as. Um, yeah. But yeah, you'll have set hours for certain things. But yeah, you work seven days a week. The whole time Non-stop. you're there. If, if stuff comes up in the middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning, you're up gear on and you're doing whatever you got to do. Oh, shit. Yeah. What, what was, what did you, I mean, obviously they're both not great. Um, but what did you like better, Iraq or Afghanistan? Yeah, it, and it's not even... I, I can't no answer that. It, well, it, it's not. It's not even that. It's. It's. Iraq and Afghanistan to me wasn't different per se as far as the places, but the people that you go with and the job that you have there is usually what makes the deployment. I've had yeah. times on deployments where like those guys that I was there with the whole time was an awesome group of guys that I had a great deployment with them. Another wrestling guy, right? Um, this guy. So I when we were in school, right. This was before you had Google and everything. There was like so many legends going around, right? And like everyone, like when you're in school, like you want to be badass. Like that's the thing. Like you don't, like you want to be a badass dude. So one of the badass dudes that was on our team was this guy, Sean Day. And maybe we might have to cut his name, right? 
But um, he was, I remember because when we were young wrestling at, at, at youth wrestling at Panthers, he was kind of like a chubby kid, like a chubby kind of pale kid. But then he gets to high school and this guy is all military. He is a, a fucking, he's going to be a killer, right? And ends up joining the SEALs, right? And he was deployed. Brandon and him were stationed at, is it a base, right? Would be the same base, Brandon? He, he was actually at a different base, but his unit was traveling through different bases. And so his unit just so happened to travel through the same base that I was at in Iraq. And we have both just so happened. There's like multiple chow halls there, too, because the base is massive. Like the base, yeah. the bases over there are the size of like towns. And oh, really? So happened that, oh, yeah. He ended up coming through and we we had like four or five chow halls on this base. He just so happened to be in the same chow hall as me at the same time as me to where it was. Me and another kid that I grew up with three blocks down the street are in the exact <laughs> same chow hall in the exact same base in Iraq. That's Man, awesome. That's fucking America, brother. That's Pennsylvania for Yeah, it's like being in the cafeteria at North Penn or something. <laughs> so, let, let's get into this then. So when I, I have to imagine, and we have touched on it a little bit, morale is mega over when you're overseas. You got to keep up the morale. You got to keep up the morale, right? And I know it's tough to do that, but what, so before we started this show, uh, our listeners won't know this because it's all audio, but I, I record every show while holding a, uh, the winged Eagle championship belt, right? So I get on here and Brandon sees my belt and he's like, Oh, you got, we got belts. You got belts here. Brandon then goes, gets two giant belts. Right. So Brandon explain. Yeah. He's got them on now. God damn. They're beautiful. They're, I'll tell you what we've won. We've won medals, right? You win medals in wrestling and trophies and whatever belts are the best. Yeah. Belts are king. Cool. Belts you're right. Are king. Belts are the best, man. Holding dude. When you got the strap, when you're the chap with the strap, come on. All right. So Brandon, uh, can you please explain to our listeners the badassery that won you these two belts, if you could? So uh, in Afghanistan in 2013, they had a submission grappling tournament between the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, um, the British Royal Marines, the Georgians, um, all kinds of people. And they broke everybody down into weight classes, and they basically did a submission grappling tournament. So it was they did points, but it was submission. So if right. you won your weight class, you got the one belt. So I won my one belt for winning my weight class. Well, then what they did is they broke all the weight classes. They took all the champs from all the weight classes. There was like 13 of us. So it yeah. ranged from like 105 pounds up to like 315 pounds. They took, all, they took all the champs and put us all into one weight class to see who the champ of the champs was. And the winner yeah. of that got this huge belt. Fucking Holy A, man. Good. Dude, I'll tell you what. And you and I'll, I'll scream it to the high heavens. Pennsylvania wrestling is king. And I'll tell you, and I fought, so I fought, I fought in boxing. I fought in the cage. I've done Muay Thai. I've done some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and all that thing. The number one discipline to have, and Brandon, I don't know if you agree. Rest, American wrestling is number one, is number one. I tell every kid that comes into the gym that's like, oh, I want to fight. I want to get in the cage. I want to fight. I was like, dude, the best thing you can do Join your high school wrestling team. I'm yep. telling you right now, wrestling is the number one discipline. It builds you up mentally so you'll know what you're getting into. And it also, it hardens you. Like, you're a tough son of a bitch if you're fucking, if you're wrestling full time, you're fucking, you're, you're good to go. 
So Brandon, I could see Brandon's a really good wrestler. So I could see you going the, no, the, the toughest thing I had when it came to the, the jujitsu and like submission grappling is uh, learning not to turn to your stomach. If you get taken down, which I don't get taken down much, but if it does happen, you know, <laughs> but uh, if you do get taken down when you're wrestling, you're taught go right to your stomach right away in submission grappling. It's very much the opposite where you want to stay on your back. Cause that's like your turf, you know, like those jujitsu guys, their their hands are their feet are like hands they're like they're like they're like coiled snakes those guys they'll suck you right in <laughs> you know like you don't know what you're getting into so Brandon would you say and did you and you said you wrestled in the Marine Corps too is that right Yeah back in 2012 I was on the all Marine team for a while before deployment and then when deployment came up I got pulled for deployment So is this right so when you have you have like a base team right so you have like a is that right or is it so they don't even have base teams they just have one marine corps team and they basically recruit marines from all over the world like if you're in okinawa japan and you're good enough to make the team they'll pull you from japan over here to north carolina and you'll be on the team that's where the team's based out of no shit Hmm. that's fucking awesome so they kind of like scalped you and they're like, look, we know this dude can go. So they've seen you. So how they, what, they see you training? And is there like a wrestling practice or what no, do they, they see? Do, they do, uh, you can send a resume in. But what I did is they held like open tournaments on base just for Marines to go there that are old wrestlers that want to go back and wrestle again. And okay. it's kind of their recruiting effort underneath. Yeah. And so yeah. they ran a tournament. I went out there. I teched like, or I pinned my first two kids and I teched my kid in the finals like 18-3. And then afterwards, the assistant coach came up and was like, hey, have you ever wrestled freestyle and Greco? And I was like, yeah, basically my whole life. And he was like, hey, you want to be on the team? I was like, "He's send me your resume and we'll invite you to tryouts. I was like, okay. So I sent him my resume and they were like, yeah, come to tryouts. Went to that for a while and then made the team. Yeah. FYI, I was a state qualifier in freestyle and Greco, just to, so everyone knows. Is that out of North Wales or PA or? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> to be to be fair, um, it, when we were, <laughs> so it doesn't mean much if you qualify for states at, in freestyle or Greco because all you had to do is finish in the top three at any freestyle tournament. So I finished third at one tournament and qualified. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, but that's about it. But um, no, okay. So awesome. I like that because my dad, he did all that too. When he was, he was, uh, my dad was in the army. He was an airborne ranger. And he was he was on the all army boxing team and all army wrestling team. So is that different? Like I always thought, like you have like teams at forts, but then there's the all army is like like you said, where they kind of just pick you out of the thing. Do you guys ever wrestle? Like does the all army Marines ever wrestle like the all army Navy team? Yep. Yeah, they really match every year. It's usually around like March, Um, but they they move it because they always hold it at a base. But they always yeah. they, they move it every year. I think a couple of years ago they had it up at uh, Fort Dix in Jersey. But they do yeah. Army versus Marine Corps versus Navy versus Air Force. Dude, that's bad. They should sell tickets and like televise that shit. What the hell, man? Get some press, dude. Yeah. That's badass. So like you have like dude guys that are training all the time and in shape and doing their thing, going out and throwing down, dude. That's awesome. They should publicize that more. Cause yeah. I love when they like, even when they do like the college football, like army Navy shit, that's just awesome to watch. And it's yeah. a hell of an atmosphere. If you've ever been hell of an atmosphere. I can only imagine it's the same thing. It's the same. It's gotta be the same thing where your dudes from your platoon are probably going ape shit when you're out there wrestling, right? Like your guys oh, yeah. from your unit 
they're going they're going harder than anybody else right and like cheering and yelling like that's the kind of shit you want you know dude that's awesome so the, so your so your ass kicking days didn't cease after high school that's good to know and uh so country's in good hands so you're over in afghanistan you're winning tournaments and or is that in iraq that you won the tournament no nah, that was in afghanistan the, Afghanistan. So you're over in Afghanistan kicking ass in the tournaments and doing your thing. So when you would leave, right? So you're over there, you're doing supply when you can't. So you started supply right away. So you were 19 when you started in supply, right? Yeah. Okay. So I, so I bartended for a long, long time and I didn't go into an office life until later in my life until I was in my thirties. Right. Which is a good thing because I wasn't mature enough before then. But you're 19. You have to go into an office atmosphere. And I know for me, office politics and office lingo and everything like that right now is very strict. And it's very much you need to watch your P's and Q's and things like that. And I think people mistake the Marine Corps as like a boys club where it's like you're playing grab ass all day. But if you're in an office situation in the Marine Corps, it's very much this, if not stricter than an office situation in civilian in the civilian world. Where it's like you go in there, it's yes sir, no sir. It's saluting to everyone. It's there's no making jokes or commenting on people's looks or anything like that. Like, is that the case when you're going into like the supply, like at in, at nineteen? Is that what's going on? Yeah, and that's that's pretty much anywhere in the Marine Corps because the Marine Corps is yeah. now one of those. And not, I don't want to say now because it's kind of always been that way, but I think they're trying to put out there that yes, we are a professional organization and. It's not one of those you're just going in and high five and everybody behind their desks hanging out. It is one of those that you're in there to do what you got to do. And, and we have a mission to complete. So it yeah. is it is a professional organization to where I have people. I mean, I've been in for 16, 17 years and I got people that have been in for almost 30 years in my office that are ranks oh. above me that it's. Yeah, you're polite, you're respectful, Jeez. you do what you got to do. As long as you and like, but is it kind of like as long as you do your shit, you do your shit and get your shit done, like the in like you're respectful, you're good, right? Oh, like, yeah, there's yeah. no, yeah, because that's the one thing that does suck sometimes in office life is that, like, uh, you know, they'll give like positions and openings and stuff, not the people who really earn it, but the people who like would kiss someone's ass and things like that. That, yeah, I mean, you're, but you're that happens, everything in here. Honestly, I I can only imagine, but that happens. That's I mean, besides the military, that's I'm not saying my office does that, but I'm saying <laughs> everywhere does that. That's just normal life, but except for the military, which is kind of refreshing. So you go in there. What was like the kind of things you were learning when you first went in there as a young 19 year old kid that's fresh off the streets, just freshly married, kind of like paving a, a new life that he wouldn't know would take him 16 and a half years later, still doing it like. What kind of things are you learning and looking forward to when you get into the office? Um, at that time, I, I don't really want to call know. it an office. What, like, it's not called an office. What do you guys call it? Oh, no, it is. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, in the <laughs> office. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So Sorry. So, what are you going in there? Like, like you get supply. To me, that, like, if I was told, like, you went in open contract, like you said, and if I was told I got supply, I'd be pretty okay with that. Yeah. Was that kind of how you felt? So yeah. Going in the office, I didn't really know what to expect at 19. Here I am 17 years later. It's a completely different thing. Like, 
you think supply too, like, oh, what do you need, boots? Like, oh, I'll get you some boots. Like, let me go outside and grab a, boot, a pair of boots out of the box, and there you go, I'm supply. I did my job. <laughs> but, yeah. In all reality, it's so much more extensive to the point where, like, you're running, you're running your budget, but your budget's consisting of, like, committed, obligated, liquidated. So you're keeping track of all your funds. On top of that, when you're ordering stuff from companies and whatnot, you're talking about shipping. Is it going overseas? Is it staying here in the United States? You have shipping codes. You have all kinds yeah. of different things that we're looking into that it's not yeah. just, oh, Walmart has a pair of boots. Let me order you a pair of boots quick. They'll be here next week. Like it doesn't quite yeah. work that way. Mm-hmm. Also, it's your your unit is to, is is depending on you to get that shit right as well because that like I'm not trying to be over dramatic, but that's life or death. Everything you're dealing with over there, like yeah. who knows, like you don't get them and i'm just using boots as an example one day they don't get boots and they trip and they hit something and it like something happens you know what i mean like every little thing counts over there so when you're doing this you're in your mind you have to get it right for you but you're getting it right for your unit and everyone you're taking care of over there as well so you're very much like in uh in like you're kind of like i don't want to say the god figure but you're like you're kind of like the 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 fuel feeding this engine over there like you're very much you know, like the fuel for the fire in a way where it, and it's like you said, it's not like uh, a foot locker, right? You're going in there and you know, like, and it, it does it help that you had experience like being over there? Like, look, the th- fourth time you're like, look, I know we're going to need extra of this. And I know we're going to need extra of this. And I know we're probably going to need more of that. Does that come into play? Like, do you think that, or is it like, I only have this much in my budget. So this is what we're doing. No, nah, you being over there, you gain the experience of what usually things come up that you're going to need um, yeah. to where you can usually prepare yourself pretty well for one. Um, yeah. For two, we got a saying in the Marine Corps, bullets don't fly without supply. So oh! it's those- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's the truth, brother. Well, it's Hell one of those that everybody knows. Like, it doesn't matter if you're calm, motor T, a cook. It doesn't matter what job you have. At some point in time, you're going to need me. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you're gonna need you right away if you're, yeah. if you're smart. Plus, Shake, I don't know if you know about this, and I've heard this from other buddies. Is that there's a thing if you're not so infantry is like the you know they're the the ground pounders as I think is what they called. So there's a stigma over there if you're not infantry. You're uh, God damn it, Brandon. What was a the pogue. the term? Oh, so oh. It, people other than guns. Damn it, that's what I yeah. So I should remember that. But there's a stigma, which to me, I think that's just kind of like, I don't know. It's, it seems like it's like after finding out like all the stuff you need when you're over there, if I'm a, a if I'm a uh, infantry guy and I need boots, the last thing I'm calling Gunnery Sergeant Hill is a goddamn pogue. I'll tell you that right now. You know what I mean? Well, so what's it's the like, stigma? I feel like- is the stigma like you're you're not you're not down here on the on the ground, so. Like, what, can you explain that further? Yeah, I don't, I don't the, get it. The stigma is I sit behind a desk all day long and you're the oh, okay. guy that's going out doing stuff. But in the end, the way I look at it and preach it to my Marines is in the yeah. summer, I sit in the AC and in the winter, I sit in the heat. And when you're 35 and 40 years old and your back hurts from humping a pack yeah. for 20 miles for the past 20 years, I'm perfectly fine. The only thing I may have is carpal tunnel from typing on the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you're, when you're freaking can't get out of bed in the morning, you're, yeah. Also, too, 
like to, and it's to be said oh gosh i don't want to get into this too much but it is to be said brandon's learning a skill had he not stayed in the marine corps he could take his skill with him any like in the world and get a job in a professional setting yeah right? where it's like if you're in the infantry it's kind of there's only one job you're you know what i mean like i mean like you're learning different skills but he wasn't being apprenticed to you know be a mechanic or things like that right where it's like you know, a po- like if you're in the infantry, like you're you're you are the first like on the ground and all, and I'm not taking anything away from it. But it's also it's like you're not learning to be a mechanic or anything like that. Right. Like you're kind of, you know, yeah, just- I, what, I, what I'm learning as supply, which is great for me, is supply chain management, which you can go to college and get a degree for. Yeah. So instead of somebody going to college and getting a degree for supply chain management and logistics, I have 20 years experience doing it. And you got paid to do it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say supply chain is like something that um, like I worked at a a forklift company and Mm -hmm. we had to deal with the logistics of actually bringing in forklifts, which weigh like thousands of pounds and getting them in from different ports and getting them shipped different places. And it's big, big money. And like you said, yeah, that's like a college degree thing for the for the person at our company that knew how to handle that. They got paid big bucks because if you fuck that up, you're you're in some trouble and is there um is there like in your setting are there people that jump over to the private sector or do they have incentive to stay or okay really there's i can see that yeah there's contracting companies out there that get contracts from the government like even on deployments there's contracting companies that would try and pull me like hey if you choose to get out we'll get you a job making six figures and i'm like yeah that's awesome but I still got six months till I get out. Who knows if that job's still going to be there for one, for two, if I do my 20 years in the Marine Corps, I know I have a set retirement. I can always look for a job with a contracting company after I finish my 20 years. Yeah. And you've made it this far. What the, and like, did you wear, I was, so I was wondering this, what what is your attire for the office? Is it like, do you, like, do you have days where, are they called class A's? Is that the, the, the fancy with the hat? It's camis, utilities. Yeah utilities okay what and then but like you have the dress what are the dress blues i don't know what they're called like the real fancy one is that yeah. what they're called dress blue yeah our dress blues are the nice blue uniforms and then we got all kinds of other dress uniforms we wear but for work you wear your camis yeah nice do you still like say you get invited to a wedding or something or are you showing up in a suit or are you showing up in your dress blues oh, i'm showing up in dress blues god damn right that's <laughs> badass every every drink all drinks are on the house when you're showing up in them brother i bet that <laughs> Golly, that's awesome. So, okay, uh, quick question. When you're over, like, when you're, like, you know you're being deployed. So part of your job is gearing up the supplies for the deployment, right? Do you have, like, a set amount of money you're allowed to spend? Or, like, what's the deal there? Like, does each, like, you know you have, say, it's this many guys in a unit. That means you get this much money to spend on supplies. So you need to get, you're in charge of ordering this, this, and this for your guys. And if you need extra, you know, it, 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 you know. Yeah. So you it's, it, it all differs. Um, I don't want to say there's different pots of money and stuff like that, but prior to deployment, you'll get a certain gear set. Hey, everybody needs this gear and everybody will get that gear. And then uh, during deployment, it's kind of one of those, if you need stuff, you order it. And if they got it, they got it. If not, I don't, I don't yeah. want to say there's a budget. There is a budget. You just don't know what that budget is. It's just kind of like, okay. Hey, if you need stuff, order it and Get if it. we can fill it. We'll fill it. Nice. That's the way it should be. 
Yeah. yeah, there's no way you can't send you can't send guys over there uh, with lacking supplies. That's the number one thing. That's no good. So, all right, that's all. I mean, good. That's the way it should be. So when you're so then when you're over there and the ordering process goes, like how long how long does it take generally? Like if you like if someone needs new boots, like do you have like a certain amount of supplies there? Like okay, you can oh, get yeah. these we'll boots. Oh yeah, plenty of stocks. Okay. But if like something needs to be ordered, like a gun turret for a Humvee, that's not usually in the stocks. You're like, all right, well, this is going to be ordered. Dude, who knows when it's going to get to Afghanistan, bro? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, like, and to be honest, we're, <laughs> we're usually really good at making sure we have plenty of stocks wherever we go. Um, but right. there's certain things that you may need that you have to order. And the only place you can order it from is the States. So you, yeah. is it going to fly on a plane? Is it going to come on a ship? Is it coming commercial? Is it coming military? It's just all that stuff. How do track? I mean, I don't know if you can reveal this, but how do you guys get there? Is it like, do you take like American airlines? Like, how do you get to Afghanistan? <laughs> do you, I'll, do you I'll tell you off air. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Fine. That's fine. All right, everyone, we're going to introduce a new segment to the show. This is 90 Seconds of 90 Day Fiance with our good friend, Party Boy, Pete McCormick. Take it away, Pete. What's up, party people? This is Party Boy, Pete McCormick from The Watch Party, where I'm going to be talking about Jenny and Summit from The Other Way. Jenny is an American who's 65 years old, and Sumit, or Summit, or however she pronounces the name, is a 34-year-old from India. Jenny thinks it's a good idea to move there even though she's destitute and is relying on partial social security, and Summit's parents aren't happy that their son is marrying somebody that is older than them and probably won't be able to produce children. I have a good feeling about this one, Matt. Anyway, back to you. And that was 90 Seconds of 90 Day Fiance with our good friend, party boy Pete McCormick. Now, back to the show. All right, so... You guys fly over there. You're in Iraq and Afghanistan. You're hanging out with your buddies. So it's a 24-hour job. What is like, okay, so let's say a normal day. It's Monday morning. What is wake-up time on a base in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq overseas? Is there like a standard wake-up time? No. <laughs> <There's> every, <laughs> every, every single person's on so many different schedules because there's so many different units and whatnot that are doing so many different things. Yeah that it's it doesn't it doesn't matter what day it is what time it is there's always things to do so you get your sleep when you get your sleep and you complete whatever mission you got to do whenever you do it oh shit dude that's bad i mean like hey you guys it's running like clockwork over there right so you're doing it right what so okay you kind of alluded to this earlier a base is like a town so they're that big because like they're well, I guess they're like, smaller but for the yeah. most part, yeah, like some of the bases over there, if you ran from one base to the other, you're talking, you're running like 10 miles. Shut the fuck up. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's huge. Philadelphia is 10 miles by 10 miles. That's enormous. Yep. Well, no, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it's, no, uh, who the fuck knows? But still, dude, that's huge. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Is there anything like, okay, so like you obviously, so that is strange because you went over there. When was your, what year was your first deployment? Uh, 2005. So you went over in 2005, but then you were also there eight years later in 2013. The technology must have been light years different, right? Oh, yeah. What, what was like, so 
what kind of things did you have? Cause you, you kind of talked about it before. It's like, you could stand in line all day to use a phone for an hour and, you know, and maybe talk this one person and whatever. Right. And that's in 2005, 2013. What do you got going on there? So 2005, yeah, all you got is like a phone center that you're talking on like once a week. 2013, um, we basically had Wi-Fi throughout like the whole base. So you could carry your phone and you could set up like an overseas plan. So when I got done work and I was back in my room, I could literally sit there and FaceTime my wife laying in bed in Afghanistan while she was here in the States. Bro, dude, that's got to be like four savers. Yeah. Especially, dude, you're over there for your fourth time. Golly. God dang, man. That's awesome. Dude, that's good to hear that they have that. And I'm sure, like, that was, you know, uh, seven, eight years ago. Like, I'm sure even now they probably have even more crazier shit that we don't even know. Like, you know, they probably got some virtual reality stuff going on over there. Who the hell knows? <laughs> but so, all right. Awesome. Good. And that's the way it should be. So the way it's set up, like, I guess before they had the call centers, but that is, do they have like a, like an area on base? That's like, do you have like gaming and things like that? Like, do you have all that over there too? Yeah, they got, they got MWRs and USOs and stuff like that all over. I mean, it just depends on oh, what shit. bases you're on and whatnot. Um, what? Did you see a USO show? They do, but it all depends on where they're at. Like when I was over yeah. there actually in 2011, um, Rodney Atkins, the country singer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He, he came out, went to the big main base. I was at a smaller base, and so he came out to the smaller base. Well, at the smaller base, um, I was only there was only a couple Marines there, so he came down and talked to us. Um, so I like ate dinner with him, hung out with him for a couple hours, him and his agents, everybody. Um, Dude, one of those, it just depends on who the people are and what they choose to do. That's Some cool. Of them will come out there and they'll spend a couple minutes. Other ones like Rodney Atkins was super cool. Came out, was like, yo, let's go get food. And we we're like, all right, like good dude. No shit, man. Dude, that's all. That's good to hear. So that being said, right. I, uh, when we were coming up, I don't remember you being a country fan. Was that right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No, no one in our area is a country fan, right? But, but uh, yeah. now are you a Rodney Atkins fan? Oh, for sure. She, for I mean, I married a southern off. girl too. Right. So she, she got you hooked on some country. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love some Johnny Cash, man. Don't get it twisted. My entrance music was uh, God's Gonna Cut You Down by Johnny Cash, which is some badass shit. Yep. You can run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long tongued liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. What is the food like over It sucks. <laughs> so, was it better? so we, we had this discussion about high school lunches right because i'm not gonna lie we had some fucking bomb ass lunches at school right? yeah like max stick day yep. was a hit cookie corner was the jam right then you had domino's day right like we had 
bangers, right? Yeah. Spicy chicken sandwich day was good. Yep, that was good. Yeah. Night's Delight, those big, the big oh, hoagies, yeah. Night's Delight. The ribicue, had the ribicues was good. Yeah. So over <laughs> overseas is that, like, I know you have the MREs and, and all that gimmick, but what is like, like you go to the chow hall, is it like beans and, and some kind of meat or what's going down? <laughs> so again, depends on where you're at. Like if you're at a big base, the chow halls have a ton. Like the chow halls are actually good. Like they'll have like all your salad bars and all your other stuff. So you can yeah. get that 20 different choices. But if yeah. you're at a small base, they usually don't even have a chow hall. So it's kind of one of those, like you have what they call a field mess, where it's just like the Marine cooks out there cooking food. Oof. So if that's the case, then it's like boiled hot dogs or something like that is your meal yeah, for the yeah. day or you're eating an MRE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have a favorite mm -hmm. MRE? You know, there's a couple of them that are good, like – spaghetti with meat sauce and then you get the jalapeno cheese and put that in there that's always a good one the beef stew right. is a good Ooh. one yeah you guys got your chi chi game going that's a pretty yeah. that's a prison chi chi's but all right nice so okay I'll... as a supply as a supply chain person what's what's the problem with the food oh, there? Can't they oh, the food game up? Is, I, I just want to know is it, is it by design <laughs> Like, you, did you know, like, all right, we got a shipment of chicken parm coming in for Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. We're going to throw them away. Yeah. French foot my way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is um, No, the, the supply thing is just one of those, like, we don't even really order food. The chow hall guys order the food. Yeah, okay. Now, I don't want to say that like anybody them. ever made deals, but... There's possibly Whoa. deals that have gone down. Oh, <laughs> oh. So I was like, too, good. like you, the military has your, you guys have your own kind of language over there, right? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Like you guys could talk like you, like, you know, you could talk about stuff and we would have no idea what you're saying. You know what I mean? Completely. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, which is cool. I like that. But so, but say like, okay, you didn't get the food for the mess hall, but if they needed like kitchen supplies, they'd come to you, right? Oh, like yeah. if they needed like, like, okay. And was everything over there like, like p paper plates and utensils? Is that what you're using? Or is it like, did they have like, like plastic silverware or what did they do? Yeah, no, it's plasticware and cardboard trays and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Disposable kind of yeah. stuff. Oh, where does that go? Do they have like a dumpster that takes it to a site or? No, you got a burn pit. Shut the fuck. You burn everything? Oh, yeah. You got to. We have a massive pit that literally, like, when I say a massive pit, it's like half a football field. And whatever trash you got, you literally take all Holy the stuff crap. and just throw it over the hill into the pit. And they, and they burn, burn it, it like all 24 7. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yep. So someone's standing there like, oh, we got some, uh, we got some dirty shit here. I got the flamethrower, Jerry. You know, like they're just hitting it like that. Like, yep. or they the just pile, gas. Like, up. The pile like never burns out. Like there's always yeah. trash and stuff going into it. It's <laughs> just 24 seven, like a complete bonfire that people just continue to throw stuff in. Do you ever just go over there? I mean, it's got to wow. stink, right? It's probably smells oh, like it's terrible. Awful. Well, because oh. half the places over there too, they don't have porta johns. So all oh. your stuff's going in there too. Fuck on. Oh, <laughs> oh shut no. up. So like you have like a built latrine or whatever, right? And then you take like because I've seen I remember it was the the one movie Jarhead, right? Yeah. Where he has to burn 
the the shit out of the latrine. Yep. So are they but instead they're dumping it in the pit now? And <laughs> so over there you have these bags that hook up to the toilet. So after oh, you boy. shit in a bag, you take the bag and you ziplock it closed and you throw it over the berm into the burn pile. Shut and all and are all the toilets by the burn wow. pile? They're all over the place, but some people would have like huge bins that were their trash wow. cans, so you'd throw your things in there and then at the end oh. whenever it gets full, you'd pick it up with a forklift and go throw that over into the burn pile. Oh, oh okay. So they have like forklifts and, and, and bulldozers and stuff to kind of like make the pit and oh, yeah. then like okay. Oh wow! So they have like a whole construction site over there then going on, yep. dude. That's <laughs> that is crazy. That'd be kind of funny. Be like, oh man, I thought it was gonna be better than that. All right, see you later. <laughs> you know, I gotta start eating more brand. You know, but I'm sure. I mean, with the food you're saying that they're serving, you probably didn't have a. I mean, let's not talk about this. Stuff. <laughs> but, nice. All right, so let's do this. We're coming to the top of time, right? I did send you some questions that we were interested in. I'm only going to ask a couple because and I know shake. I, I, we usually are on the same page on this, but Brandon, if you are willing to come back on, we would love to have you back on. If that's oh, something. Sure. Awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thank you. So that being said, I did want to get a couple questions out of the way. So question number one, <laughs> what was your favorite movie at the age of 10? My favorite movie. So I don't think I started watching Vision Quest till I was probably like 12 or 13. What the um, fuck are so, you? So I can't honestly say what my favorite movie was at 10, but when I was younger, Vision Quest was definitely my favorite. At first, all Loudon Swain could think of was getting in shape. But since he met the girl of his dreams, all he can think of is her shape. You're not from around here, are you? Are you kidding me? Trent, New Jersey. She doesn't have any transportation or any place to stay or anything. And I was wondering, maybe we could ask her to stay with us. I'm that guy. And now that she's moved into his house, who's that girl? He can't keep his mind on what he's doing. The girl in my dreams is under my own roof. I see her you know that sexual intercourse burns up 200 calories a shot? By the way. But give the guy a break. When you're in love, you can do some seriously crazy things. <laughs> this is the new film from the executive producers of Flashdance. Vision Quest. Vision Quest was the gimmick, babe. Oh, dude. People don't know this. The soundtrack to Vision Quest is classic. It is. All time. All timer. Vision Quest is a great movie. Shoot. Is there a better villain than Shoot? I mean, come on. Come on. Shoot's like Shoot. Shoot's like Zach's twin. (laughs) You ain't kidding, brother. Zach Zach was more Jack than Shoot was. We mean Zach Freiling, who was uh, on our wrestling team, but he was yoked. He, Z- Dude, Zach was the size of shoot when we were like 12, and he was winning Eastern Nationals. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Zach was always yoked. So, all right, Vision Quest. I'll give you that, because Vision Quest is awesome. Because one, it's like the only wrestling movie. And two, it's fucking badass. Loud and Swain, Vision Quest. Even though they're wet wrestling in like Spokane, Washington, which is a bullshit wrestling state. Yeah. But still... 
badass. You got a young Linda Florentino. Oh, <laughs> young Linda Florentino, babe. You Let like the classics. It. Dude, it's a it's a winner. And then did you so you have three sons and a daughter now, yep. right? Have you shown your boys Vision Quest? They watched it years ago, but they're yeah. all stuck on video games and stuff nowadays. Dude, how, like, <laughs> so you're, like, how tough is it to keep the kids' attention with everything now? Like, my, my kids are good kids. They just, yeah. they're video games of their life. So it's one of those, like back in our day, if somebody yeah. was having a backyard pickup football game, like I was there. Like I'll ride Agreed. my bike three miles down the road to be at your backyard football game. Agreed. Nowadays, it's like, I got to tell my kids yeah. you're going outside for the day. You can't play oh. video games until I tell. Yeah, like we didn't, I didn't want to be an indoor kid. You know what I mean? Like I was all like shake. We were, and you were the same way where it's like, you got out on your bike, you rode around, you saw where all the bikes were parked in front of the house and you went in and yep. fucking did your thing. Yeah. You're playing football, you're playing baseball, football, whatever, basketball, hockey, street hockey was big. You know, we're playing manhunt capture flag. Mm -hmm. Same man. I, I mean, it's tough. That is tough though. Cause kids, I mean now, like back then we were looking at video games. Yeah. They were awesome to play in Goldeneye and Mario Kart and all that fun stuff. But now, if you're like your son, if he's really good, he could be a millionaire by the time he's 18 with the shit going. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. it's almost like you can say it's a profession now, which, you know, a profession, but whatever. But yeah. that is tough because you also you can take them with you everywhere and they're awesome with all the phones and the gimmick. And, yeah. and then. Now, Matt, weren't you a uh, professional Super Smash Bros. Uh, player as a uh, I was as no, a uh, so I wasn't a professional Super Smash Bros. player. I am the world's best Mario Kart Double Dash player of all time. And Is that self-proclaimed? <laughs> no, it's fucking true. Ask Javon. <laughs> no, it, that's hundred percent. I don't see Kirk, your belt. All right, I'll tell you this right now. And Javon, if you're listening, let's go again. Right, so. Me and Tom, Tom, so my brother, asshole, he's working at Applebee's, right? And there's this dude that comes into Applebee's. His name's Feast, right? And Feast kept saying that he was uh, Javon Curse's publicist. This is when Javon Curse was playing for the Eagles, right? And he would come in and, like, he's a cool dude, but he kept saying, we're like, all right, dude, like, you're saying, it, like, are we supposed to believe you? Like, come on. You know, and he's a good dude, right? Then one day he brings in Javon Curse and Leto Shepard, right? So everyone's like, let's go. So uh, mm. we were so Tom, my or asshole, my brother. He starts talking to Curse, and he's like, "Curse, you know how you're in the league? Does that mean you're really good at Madden, right?" And Curse is like, "I don't even play that. You know what I am really good at? Mario Kart Double Dash." And I was like, "Let's fucking go! Let's go!" Because Tom, even my brother, asshole, even said he's like, "Well, my brother is the best Mario Kart Double Dash player that's ever lived." right and i was like i am the best mario kart double dash player that has ever lived <laughs> so we caught we got we curse is like oh i've heard it from these white boys before and i was like you haven't heard it from this white boy pal all right i'm gonna call my controller you know that torn acl all right you want to go there bud right <laughs> so either way we set it up where we went over his house and it was me my brother asshole our boy screwball no screwball wasn't there uh, and then Lito Shepard was there, Javon Curse was there, and Feast was there. Not gonna lie, uh, Javon Curse had a pretty nice house. Uh, pretty nice house. And him and uh, so him and Lito Shepard both went to Florida. They were both Gators, and they had matching Impalas that were floor. One was blue and one was orange, like 
like the gator. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Throwback and pol- gangster. I'm not gonna lie. Also, do not know how Javon Curse held a controller because I shook his hand. Legit, dude. Like his fingers are coming halfway up my forearm. He can hold a 12 inch ruler between his pinky and his thumb. The dude is a he's a massive human being, and he was yo, absolutely yeah. shredded. Nice dude. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. All really welcoming to some some white boys that challenged him to. You know, like we went over there for a party and stuff too. Like super, super nice guy, super nice guy, but just not as good as me at Mario Kart Double Dash. I am better than Ron Curse. I'm better than my brother asshole. I am the best Mario Kart Double Dash player that has ever lived. Fucking try me. I'll tell you right now. Not playing any games. Mario Kart Double Dash. Yeah, well, you be good at something. Hey, we'll get, we'll get that one thing. I can embellish a story and I can tell you about some fucking double dash. I'll tell you that right now. And he qualified uh, for sectionals. No, I didn't actually. <laughs> you gave him too much credit. Uh, okay, anyway. I qualified for states, the freestyle states. So I am a, you know, state qualifier. Hmm. Uh, but Brandon's a state placement, a legit state placement. Uh, okay. So either way, um, that being said, uh, so, okay. But you have three boys and a girl. Now I have a little girl ha- like it has to be fair. My daughter is only like, she's a little over one, but still like having a girl has changed my like view on everything. Was it the same for you? Like you already had three kids, three boys, but then when you had a girl, did it change like a lot of like your view on everything after having Completely. her? <laughs> she's Bro. she's 100% daddy's girl. I don't think Love I've it. ever told her no, like ever. Yeah. yeah. Um but it's one of those two like my my kids are really good kids and growing my two boys up first yeah. was kind of like, oh, I want them yeah. to follow in my footsteps and you're going to be this badass wrestler and football player and sports and this and that. Yeah. And then as I got older, you kind of realize like let them find their own niche that they want to get into. One of them's playing soccer and he's good at it. And I'm like, dude, I've never played soccer in my life, but you're fast and you kick the ball good, so keep going. Yeah, I think I, I agree. Where mm-hmm. it's like you should just support them at like because I think when for wrestling it can be very much you're forced to do something that turns into something you like, and there is that where it's like I am like there was times I didn't want to go to wrestling practice as a kid, and my dad made me go, and I'm happy he did in the long run, right? And I think a, a lot of people have that type of story, but. I I think there is a there is a fine line where it's like look you can try like I always thought like you can try this say if you want to try baseball if you want to try it that's fine but you have to do it for the whole year if you don't want to play it after yep. the year but there's no quitting and when you do it you do it fucking you're going all in right when there's I no half when I was nine I was gonna quit wrestling I told my dad I wanted to quit and he said give me a good reason why you're gonna quit and I couldn't give him a good reason well then football I can remember playing Cannoneers football. And I came home from practice one night, and I told my dad I wanted to quit football. And he said, why? And I said, I don't know. I just don't want to play anymore. He got mad because I wasn't hitting kids, this and that. So he grabbed me by the back of my shoulder pads, grabbed me by my pants, ran me into the door frame a couple times, stood me back up, and he said, did that hurt? And I said, no. He said, well, then go out there and hit these kids like that and have a good time. So I kept playing. <laughs> and ever since then, I love football. Yeah, good. And that's like... People would say that now is it is that's good fucking parenting as far as I'm concerned, you know, <laughs> right? Like plus two, I feel yeah, I as think men I turned out pretty good. Yeah, I think it fucking worked. Also, hello, you know, but 
But I think as young men, you kind of need that sometimes. You do need a kick in the ass sometimes. But there's a difference between needing a kick in the ass and being like over uh, overboard with it. I'm just going to hold you but, to a standard. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Good. All right. So we have come to the top of time. Brandon, I can't tell you, like, we were looking forward to this episode and you fucking, you delivered and nailed it out of the park, man. This was so much fun. You know? Yeah. Oh, Thank yeah. you so this much for coming on. Great. You know how I told you came up with that idea of Pennsylvania versus Ohio or whatever? Yeah. I told, I told what's his name, Shets. I said, I got the best idea out there. I said, what you need to do is get two of the older wrestlers from back in the day yeah. or you and Zach basically be coaches of two teams and go through and select all kinds of old school wrestlers for different weight classes and have an alumni match. Dude, Do you know how many and you people could buy have... tickets for like me and Zach oh. and you and Deary and everybody to go back and wrestle with like to see Pete wrestle like Volterbauer yeah. or something? You yeah. know what I mean? Like that would be awesome. That would be that good. That sounds awesome. It seems like with wrestling, like the alumni network would be very strong. The fo- <laughs> with football, it's uh, it's a little <laughs> little patchy. A lot of people are are, are ready yeah. to leave that in the past when it comes to <laughs> North Side football. <laughs> Alright, so I gotta end this because my wife's about to kill me. Okay, so uh, as always, well, big thanks to our guest today, Gunnery Sergeant Brandon Hill. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for your service and everything. This has been a great episode. You're a great guest, Brandon. Thanks for coming on. And then, Jake, you know, anything you want to say? Nothing, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> Alright, so this is the Working Perspectives Podcast. As always, I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by my editor and producer, Tom Byers. Our guest today was Gunnery Sergeant Brandon Hill. Uh, you can follow us on any podcast platform and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can join us on Twitter at Working P Pod. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. This is the end of the show. And leave a, uh, you know, leave a review and a, and a rating on, on uh, the podcast app as well. Yep, do that too. <laughs> Rate and review, subscribe to get notified, all that happy horse shit. All right, this is the end of the episode. See ya. See ya. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skot.com. B-E-L-L dot com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, E is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry dot com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.